podcastjuice.net. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Michael Dean Show. My name is Michael Dean, and joining me today is Big Sexy and Sax. Sir, how are you? What it is, man. Got this cold behind me, pretty much. <clears throat> and business is looking good on the, uh, on the music front. Oh, nice. All right. Also joining us is Mr. Q Storm. Sir, how are you? I am a proud official Naga as of yesterday. Yesterday. I thought you were born in Naga. (laughs) Please explain, sir. I joined uh, an organization that uh, promotes uh, safe gun ownership by African-Americans, the National African-American Gun Association, whose membership increased a hundred percent since last november and oh so the the, the word naga that's an acronym i guess for it's an, it's an acronym n-a-a-g-a now i have to ask you do you, i don't know if you actually did they do that on purpose or is that just a coincidence of fate well oh, i don't think it. anyone really uh, attributes anything comical or otherwise to the word naga other than people here so i, I don't know if it's anything that they did on purpose or not oh, okay it wasn't like something started by some white guy in an organization trying to be funny or something. It's like, oh, no. Naga. Okay. <laughs> they, have, uh, they, have, they have chapters all over the country. All right. Well, there you go, in Naga. Uh, Pennsylvania. Okay. All right. Also joining us, I don't think he is a member of Naga, but he is a member of Niga. Mr. <laughs> Ampu, sir, how are you? Man, just worn out. I had to, <clears throat> had to head up to the Bay Area to cover GDC, uh, Game Developers Conference, uh, for the company. Yeah, I met a lot of good people, attended a lot of good sessions, uh, uh, peeped up with uh, Blacks in Gaming. Uh, of course, of course, funny story, I end up coming 20 minutes late to the uh, Blacks in Gaming party, and I get told, oh yeah, we're shutting everything down. No more food, no more drinks for you. Man, <clears throat> you was on that CP time, and they was on the white folks time. <laughs> like, well, it's over. <laughs> Blacks, no, but blacks I, in no, time but, in gaming. <laughs> uh, but no, that's not the case. I was actually putting in work. I, I mean, I don't understand why they would have the party during the time that the conference isn't finished. So I couldn't get there on time. But, you know, it was really good. I met up with some brothers in Brooklyn. I work at the Brooklyn uh, Tech Lab. They do a lot of uh, coding and uh, tabletop gaming with the kids in Brooklyn. Nice. So I connected with them. I connected with this uh, other brother. Names are escaping me right now. I got to look at the card who actually has a podcast for uh, blacks in the video game industry. He actually takes the time to interview and speak with blacks that work at various video game companies. So I'm definitely going to connect with him. And uh, then uh, with the Blacks in Gaming uh, coordinator, he's starting a a new uh, video game themed uh, website and was looking for contributors. So that was very productive. And then shocked the hell out of me. I went to a women's in gaming (laughs) panel because I was one of our... uh, one of our uh, sound engineers uh, was hosting the panel. And I'm thinking it's going to be about, you know, it's going to be really topical. They're going to talk about, you know, the women, how they get in, their backgrounds, tips and uh, uh, ways to, to advance your career path. Nah, they got heavy and deep talking about the princess syndrome, how you can avoid sexual harassment. How mm. do you get people to take you serious if you're beautiful and let your work speak for yourself? I'm looking like, yeah, I don't think I'm supposed to be in this at all. But it was all good. It was uh, one thing I will say. I officially hate San Francisco. Uh oh, here we go. I officially hate San Francisco. 
Uh, first of all, they close everything at 10 o'clock at night, which I'm trying to understand. You're supposed to have these young millennial tech hub and I can't find anything to eat after 10 o'clock. Mm. <laughs> What's up with that? And what then, part of the city were you in? Uh, well, I stayed near uh, the San Francisco airport and I was taking Uber and the Barden. But uh, when I was downtown, since I was, again, attending a lot of the different parties, um, it's like 10 o'clock. I'm ready to go get something to eat before I head back to the hotel. They shutting everything down. And then the other thing is, I'm thinking that these millennials, you know, these young uh, people that are supposed to be caring about the environment were um, more health conscious. They got the Bristol Farms, the Whole Food Trader Joe's everywhere, but everybody's smoking. I'm talking about they smoking pipes, they smoking cigars, they smoking cigarettes, they smoking weed everywhere. Everywhere. Messed up my... Yeah! I'm I'm like, what the hell is up with this city? And then you... This is so freaking complicated to find whatever you're trying to get to. All the freaking signs are messed up. I'm going in oh. one direction, then I'm told I gotta go in another direction. Yeah. Old man. <laughs> nah, no, no. It's just it's complicated. All the signs, I can't figure it out. And they smoking. Man, you sound like an old dude, man. I do. I'm not dude. After, after you walk past the 10th person, Lighting up a cigarette on the street. Yeah, you just like, how the hell are they letting this happen here? Oh, well, I love L.A. The Chronic uh, started off. Y'all started that no, shit. No, no, no. But we don't no, do it outside no. like that. <laughs> well, there you in go. In the well, house or in the, or in the car. All right. Well, definitely. That sounds exciting, man. The gamers. So what was sort of the consensus that you got from the gamers the game development uh, conference this year? If there uh, was The big one. thing is... VR and AR. They are uh, going heavy into that. A lot of new technology. I mean, it was every time I was walking around the, uh, the developer side, everybody had AR, VR, some type of new technology. Now, they when going, you say AR, is that augmented reality? Or? Yeah, augmented reality. Yeah, they're doing that. They're doing. There was this one thing that I walked up on. They had this. It was like a, a pyramid, and inside they had some type of game, and you had to use your phone to uh, interact with it. I was like, I don't know how that's going to be. Uh, uh, consumer market driven, but they had it. Interesting. Yeah, I said, okay. Well, there's and Pooh's out there chopping it up in, in the gamer world and coders and whatnot. That sounds real dope about the, the Brooklyn school. Definitely got to look yeah. into that. All right. Well, there you go. Um, so, yeah, and then shout out to uh, Sean Hill. His daughter's having her birthday party. Was she 12 years old? 12 years old so shout out to her and them having a good family day and celebrate those birthdays and uh man we'll get started oh real quick um i had the chance to go to emerald city comic con which is actually still going on this weekend yeah, how was yeah. that man uh, it was great i went thursday uh so that was the first day and it's like a like a half day but uh i hadn't been in a couple years and man it was fantastic because there was so much more stuff it was like six levels of you know of floors to go to and then there was another building across the street where they had panels and stuff and i just had a good time man just walking through the artist alley uh it was amazing some uh great artists there was a couple brothers there i, I met uh i want to say the guy's name was david walker uh he did uh night it was a nighthawk the marvel series yeah yeah he did a uh, number 13 yeah Okay, yeah, so I, I met him. Actually, uh, he has a book out, too, uh, that he self-published, a novel, so I picked that up. 
And that was cool, man. I actually I'm trying to get him on the show because I wanted to talk to him about how he went from being a self-published author to getting into comics and stuff. I thought that would be a good story. But it was this, it was good, man. Um, they had a whole Star Wars uh, thing with the 501st Legion. Uh, it's a fan group that's very serious about costuming. And they had a whole wing to themselves so you could go through and take pictures. I posted some of the pictures online. So it was a blast, man. I mean, my sister went. And uh, you know, spin, a, spin a little coin in there. It was good. But, uh, yeah, it was it was fun, man. I would imagine today, yesterday and today, is, is insane down there. Because uh, it's on the weekend. But uh, shout out to Emerald City Comic Con. But, man, speaking of comics, we got to get into this Logan uh, review. So the movie Logan, of course, for those who don't know, Logan is Wolverine. Uh, this is part of the X-Men universe of movies. And uh, this movie just came out this weekend. And everyone, so you're intrigued. Everybody here has seen the movie. So we're all going to weigh in on it. Uh, quick background on the movie. This movie takes place in the future, uh, like 2030 or 2029 or something. 29, like 29, 29, 2029, 20, 20, yes. Oh, okay, 29, 29. Whoa. But uh, 2029. And obviously it takes, well, not obvious but to some, but this takes place after the events of let's say days of futures past uh i'm not sure where it fits in the timeline of x-men apocalypse don't even care but it is a battle-worn wolverine or logan it's many years later and he is uh seems like he's not trying to be a hero anymore or going on missions he is tasked with taking care of professor xavier who is going through some mental issues of some sort uh and he's and he's also a limo driver and it's like in a post-apocalyptic sort of version of the future. I mean, it's not like a ravaged world, but you can tell there's some shit going on. You get little doses of the bigger picture of what may have happened or like where are the other mutants and where are the X-Men at at this point. And essentially what happens is that Wolverine uh, is uh, given well, this young girl is sort of dumped on his lap and he has to protect her along with Professor X, and they just go on this journey. It's like a road movie almost. Uh, I don't want to give away too much about it. Just keep this non-spoiler. But it is an uh, action-packed, I almost call it a Western uh, in in some regards, but it's an R-rated movie. Uh, It is the last movie with Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, and I, I didn't even realize it, but he has played this character for 17 years. Uh, he's been in multiple Damn. multiple movies as his character, and actually, I watched a timeline video that showed like the first time we saw Wolverine until this one, and it's remarkable how young he looked back then. Like he looks so different; it's, it's a trip to me. But anyway, what did I think about this movie? Uh, I love this movie. I had a blast watching this. Uh, I will say this: it's not a perfect movie, but for me. It was probably one of the most enjoyable comic book movies I've ever seen. I wouldn't say it's the best, but it is definitely up there in the upper echelon of comic book movies. Um, It was something that you don't normally see in comic book movies. On one hand, it was ultra violent, which I love. It was gory, which I love. I think with this character, we all wanted to see him really cut loose, and I wanted to see the effects of his claws through somebody you definitely get to see that it's an action-packed movie it's like a badass type of movie these are the check boxes that i love um when the action pops off it's going in 
Wolverine, he's going crazy. The little girl, X-23, a beast. Like, and they, when you first get to see her go off, I'm like, I just like, there you go. It reminded me of uh, Hit Girl from Kick-Ass. It was kind of like that. So it kind of steals a movie sometimes, but I loved it, man. She was just brutal, uh, violent. And I dig that kind of shit. Again, this sort of reminds me of like Batman from Batman v Superman. He's just, he's not playing any games. Uh, you, you fuck around with him, you're going to get that ass tore up. And in this, they said that early. There's a scene early in the movie, Wolverine's uh, sleeping in his car. And they did it. This is real cold because it was, you know, the Vatos. <laughs> <laughs> why, why they had to have the Mexican cats trying to steal his, his rims and stuff? I was like, this a bitch. <laughs> and I swear a couple of them were cats that we've seen as that type of character before. Of those Vato type dudes. I have to go back and watch it being. I swear to God, two of them were they've played these types of characters in other movies before. I was like, man, he's stupid. But Wolverine, he, he was trying to give these cats a like, hey man, y'all fucking with the wrong one. And they just blasted on him, and they unle- he unleashed the, the beast on him, man. And them, they, they mean, it, it was crazy. That's why I was like, oh, shit. It's going to be one of them type of movies. <laughs> and uh, it does not disappoint in that regard. Also, I think it is great because it is a very somber movie, uh, bleak at times. And you don't normally get to see that type of uh, thing displayed in a quote-unquote comic book movie. So I love that. To me, in that regards, I would say this is going to sound weird even to myself saying it, but I, I'm just going to be, this is what comes to mind. It felt more like a real movie. You know what I mean? Like, it was a genre movie, but it felt like it was like, it just happened to be a movie where they had Wolverine in it. And it was like one of those types of movies, because it was a long movie. Uh, some parts of it did feel long to me. But it was like I still loved the interaction with the characters because I thought all the stuff with Xavier and Hugh Jackman. I, I don't know why I'm just using his real name, but Wolverine, Logan. I loved all that stuff only because I understood the relationship between them and I've seen them in the other movies before. So it was like interesting to see them sort of reference different things and you understood you know, their relationship. And I was like, wow, this is cool. You kind of slow it down and really get into these characters. And I wasn't bored at all. I actually loved all of it. Um, so I'm going to let the other guys speak on it. I don't know if they like it or not, but for me, I loved this movie. I think it is, uh, I would say it pushes the genre into other avenues that it can try other things. It doesn't always have to be a feel good movie. It always doesn't have to be like a horroric type of movie. It was a a horroric, if I'm saying the word right, but it was like, kind of like that movie. They were showing a movie, uh, the movie Shane within this movie. You would see the characters watching this Western and it kind of plays like that. And I was like, the guy's a hero, but he's not going to walk away unscathed and he's not going to not be who he is. Uh, And he was a killer. And it was like, hey, let's come to that. But they don't want you to. So I thought it was actually a pretty deep movie and it's a sad movie, but I... I loved it. Now, again, I saw it. I literally walked out of Comic-Con and walked across the street to see this movie. So I was already like just in that mode. And a lot of the people in the audience were, too. So everyone was cheering and clapping. And <gasps> so it was very exciting to see it in that, that regards. Um, but, yeah, well, Logan uh, easily 
not even saying much really to say it was the best Wolverine movie they've ever made. Uh, I mean, they shut it down for it to be the last one. Uh, to me, it's the best X-Men movie they ever made. Uh, I think it's dope that I don't know how many movies have been in the X-Men franchise, but the fact that they can still turn it around and make a better movie, I would dare say, what, seven or eight movies down the line? Uh, some of kind of unheard of type of thing. So I, I thought they did a great job. Uh, so I loved it. There you go. Uh, Q-Storm, what did you think of the movie? Well, <clears throat> excuse me. The first thing I want to say is, uh, just uh, just as a tangent, is um, the look of uh, Wolverine in this movie, to me, that's how Wolverine should have looked back in 2000. Uh, you, you hit on it. I, I saw a press photo of him as Wolverine back in that first movie. He looks like a baby. And I've always thought he was too much of a pretty boy to play, play Wolverine back then. This is what I think Wolverine, minus the gray hair and the beard, this is what Wolverine should have looked like back in the original X-Men. But having putting that aside, <clears throat> I'm really torn with this film. I get a sense that much like Rogue One, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, okay, it was good. Second time I saw Rogue One, I, 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 it was a wrap. It was a wrap. I get a feeling that if I see this movie again, I'll feel the same way because I walked out of the theater after watching this. I felt depressed. <clears throat> I felt down. I felt like, wow, very little hope. But the thing is, is that I welcomed that because that's what this movie, I think, needed to be. And that's what James Mangold delivered. To me, this movie is like uh, 310 to Yuma meets the road. And when I say when I say the road, the road is an apocalyptic movie. This is not an apocalyptic movie, but if you whittle it down to the main characters and you whittle it down, I mean it's 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 set in the desert. Uh and it's set in the you know, in the in the in the great the great open. Very empty, very very there's very little uh humanity, which I think is the theme of the film. Um and then that's and, and you have these characters that we are invested in, particularly when we get to the farm scene. I mean, damn, you have these characters that appear plus the main characters and any one of them could die at any moment. And to me, that's what made it feel like an apocalyptical movie. Um, I think it was um, Hugh Jackman's best performance as Wolverine only because it was more of a character study than a comic book movie. This isn't a comic this really isn't a comic book superhero movie, I don't think. I think it's more of a western, a western that has apocalyptic uh themes or a tone to it. I think the little girl, I don't know who the casting agent is that found her, but they need to get the keys to the studio jet because she she stole the show. I mean a girl she was what 11, 10 years old, 11 years, I don't know how old she was. But for someone who doesn't have hardly any lines, I, I, I'll just point this out. There's a scene. I'll put this in my review. There's a, the scene where she's eating cereal in the, uh, in the compound where Xavier is holed up with Caliban. And she hears the bad guys coming. The camera is on her face and she looks at the corner of her eye. Right then and there, oh, this shit's about to go down. This shit is about to happen. And when she walks out and uh, okay, I'm not. Uh, we can't spoil it. But she walks out and throws throws some shit on the ground, <laughs> and the, the bad guys are looking at her, 
And my man, the, the main bad guy, you can hear him. He says, no, no. <laughs> he was on his he was on his get out. No, 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 no. And I, I mean, listen, uh, like my man said in kick ass, I put this in my review. <laughs> like my man said in kick ass, dude, she's only 11. I don't care. I will save myself and wait. <laughs> she was amazing. Um she she's a hell of a find um and like you said i compared her to hit girl I, I, it'd be cool to see i would love to see a movie with her and hit girl going at it that first day dollars right there hit girl will last about 30 seconds yeah hit girl's done man because this she's chopped her fucking head <laughs> off uh so yeah that um i think there's some we're not spoiling this but i do think the movie has some problems it's very it, in some parts it needed to pick up the pace. The editing was a little sluggish. I think some characters are introduced, which is fine, but the pacing kind of slows down. And, you know, I, I think some characters uh, have a resolution that I think is a little bit of a cheat. It's a little bit of, um, I, I think they should have been, I can't really say anything, but I think they should have been handled more reverentially or with more reverence than they were. Um, but overall, Despite all that, it's a very simple story. It's a road trip. It's a, it's a um, uh, a redemption movie. Uh, Wolverine is basically the the man with no name. He's the cowboy. Professor Xavier is the old codger. Uh, the girl is the young ingenue, a la Shane, like you said. This is a Western road trip. It's an apocalyptic movie. It is not a feel good movie. It is not a comic book movie. It's a movie that deserves to be digested, seen more than once. I gave it three and a half reels just because of some of the pacing was off, some of the editing was a little slack. But this is this movie is a thinker, and you don't really see that a lot in comic book movies. So I would say go see it. Yeah, I would just I would add to or counter what you said. I think uh, I think we fall into the trappings of what we think a comic book movie needs to be, and so I think it's good that a movie like this comes along. Even The Dark Knight when it first came out sort of like opens it up to say yo it can be all this just as the comics are not just about guys in tights they're you know i guess even if you reference the old man logan story that this is sort of inspired by they don't have to play by the conventional story beats of a comic book or in this case a comic book movie so i think this that's why i say it's good for the genre that it sort of helps to uh legitimize it beyond it being just you know guys in tights which i think you have to have but it can be way more let's expand it out to you know what i mean to show some other stuff and that it don't just have to fit these rigid lines like it can be a movie that just happens to have fantastical elements but the story and the presentation doesn't have to fit within what we think Marvel is or DC or whatever, you know what I mean? So I think this is good. Uh, and, and I would tip my hand to Fox and say, man, you, you guys might be on one here. You had Deadpool, which sort of breaks the rules. Now you've got this. You know, so I'd be curious to see if they can, like, let's go with this avenue. Like, we don't have to do what DC or Marvel's doing. We're going to do almost serious type of movie, like you said, a thinker's movie, like, but still have the crazy action and all that. So I'm very interested to to see where it goes from that and pull. I'm just curious. Oh, go ahead. I'm, let me just ask real quick <clears throat> how uh I, i'm pretty sure you and mark have read old, the old man logan storyline does this have any resemblance to that 
No. Well, I wouldn't say no. I say it's inspired and toned by it. Well, you know, they took that character, like you said, from a tonal standpoint, yeah, but but the actual story, no. Well, no, no, it's no. not the actual story, and they couldn't do the actual story if they wanted to. Right? That's, what, that's what I was asking. I mean, did, you know, did they was Professor Xavier having issues with his mind? Did they meet these kids in a in a mountaintop? And well, no. a lot of people, no. a lot of people are thinking or speculating that those kids are the new mutants, but I don't, I don't know if I go that far on it. Yeah, it would yeah. it would be like to me uh, if somebody said is Civil War the movie like the Civil War the book you you would no. you would say no but obviously it's sort of inspired by it uh, and I would say this fits the same way as any other comic book movie they're not it's not a direct at all but it is definitely if there was no old man Logan book this movie would not exist no this is true uh, but uh, with that said I guess since you go ahead Mark what did what you think about the movie well you know. Being a, a comic book geek, as I as movies opening up, I know how X twenty three comes about, and they didn't really talk about that movie, and I'm okay with that. But when I saw Stephen Merchant looking like an albino, I'm like, is that supposed to be Caliban? Cool. That sounds pretty cool. Um, I didn't recognize the main villain though. You know, I, I don't know who that guy is, and when they have the Doctor be the brother of the guy who created Weapon X, that was some bullshit. But, you know, little comic book nitpicks aside, I'm with Q in in a certain sense, because it was a little long, and it did drag here and there, but, you know, I saw it at 10.45, which means it didn't start till 11.20, so I was tired. But, it was, it was long, I don't like how they had Charlie, you know, had the breakdown, but I do like how Wolverine introduced him to the family as as Chuck, and he gave him that look like, "Hey man, what are you calling Chuck?" You know, so that was good. Uh, the family and the uh, people who are giving them static, I don't see where they really fit story wise, but I do see how they use the the villains against the, the farming family as a way to let Wolverine just cut loose. And there were so many things in there that we had never seen in a Wolverine movie before from a violence standpoint. And a lot of these things we haven't seen in the comics, really, either. You know, they just let them cut loose. Um, X-23, you know, dare I say she's more violent here than she is in the book. Because when she first came out, and I think it was the issue of NYX number three, she was more emo slash goth then they, you know, did her up a little differently and made her what she is now. Hmm. But this little girl was not having any of it. You know, she was sliced first, figure it out later. <laughs> but she also showed a certain deference to adhere to Wolverine's uh, direction, too. Because at one point where they're in the store, she's walking around eating, uh, you know, Pringles. And the, the clerk checks her. She's about to cut him in, in half. And the Wolverine's like, no, we're not doing this. She let it go. Uh, I don't like the end. I'm not going to talk about the end, but I, I didn't care for it. But I also didn't know that this was Hugh Jackman's last go-round as his character either. You know, 17 years in, my only complaint with Hugh Jackman was that, was that I always thought he was too tall to be Wolverine. And I still think that. Wolverine is five foot five. Hugh Jackman is six foot two. <laughs> but other than that, 
I thought he did a great job, especially playing the old, you know, grumpy Wolverine. Now, what they could have done also, in the original Days of Future Past storyline, that Wolverine was older as well. You know, they could have, you know, done like an uh, amalgamation of both of them, but they stayed more on the old man Logan course than anything else. And, you know, I can't be mad at that. I mean, it was an entertaining movie. Uh, I did love the Deadpool clip at the beginning. I thought that was hilarious. But it was a good movie. But a little longer. It could have been cut a little bit. A little bit better. I, you know, uh, real quick, I, I forgot to mention that. I agree with you 100%. That ending, I, I thought that was... I mean, it was it's fitting, sick. but it was still... It was like they left a dangling plot line there. It's like, don't you can't end it here. So I, I agree with you. That ending, I thought, was a little, for want of a better term, lazy. All yes. right. Let's get into Aunt Pooh, sir. What did you think of the movie? I thought this was a fine movie. Um, unfortunately, I don't share uh, yours or Q's um, reverence for it being uh, made possibly an all-time great film. Um, I, I get the fact that, okay, they made a Western film using comic book superhero characters and they, they didn't go into the more the fantastical, heroic superhero X-Men nostalgia that we know. But to me, I've seen someone take a superhero comic book and make a police drama that was Dark Knight. I've seen uh, brothers take uh, superhero comic book characters and make a political thriller that was true to the characters and to the comic book uh, genre and that was Winter Soldier. So f- for me to have to, to to divorce myself and say, okay, well, this isn't a superhero comic book film. This is more of a Western. This is more of a road trip film. This is more of a post-apocalyptic film. Uh, to really enjoy it and get it, I don't think that that holds water with me. For the most part, I found a lot of the key beats to be repetitive. I mean, how many times can you see Wolverine hack and slash somebody, X-23 hack and slash somebody? They get surrounded and they escape by hacking and slashing. They get surrounded in in, uh, in, a, in a casino, hack and slash their way out. They get surrounded in the woods, hack and slash their way out. It was just kind of repetitive. And, and I guess I'll be the first one to say it. This film did not need an R rating. They did it because it was... they No, it didn't. It, to me... <laughs> It didn't need a. It didn't need an R rating. Okay, they they were able to be to do to show blood and be more gory and I, and to me it it didn't need it. The film would not have lacked at all. Would not been able to show um, uh, Wolverine's claws going through someone's head and blood splattering. You didn't need uh, them saying fucking shit all the all the time. I, I read somewhere they say yeah yeah this is the the cussing was true to Wolverine. And I'm like, really? Because Wolverine would have been around for 30 years and hadn't said a cuss word, hadn't said a cuss word in the comic book or the cartoon. And I think that that was a very true representation of Wolverine. Uh, I'm not gonna. Maybe I do need to to watch it again in order to supposedly get with the uh, the, the film creators were trying to do with this film. But overall, I, to echo with. Mark said it was kind of long and for me it was just very repetitive and at the same time they brought uh, they had this mystery they were very vague with certain things and didn't give you a definitive answer which of course you have some people saying well this isn't that type of film that holds your hand and answers everything and again I just point to Winter Soldier and The Dark Knight that could 
have all these mysteries and answer them for you and could be non-genre superhero but at the same time give me a comic book story that's true to the characters all right well there you go ladies and gentlemen i'm curious to hear what you think of the movie uh this is a non-spoiler uh discussion of it so we didn't want to spoil anything now we will talk about some of the story elements here up next but i wanted to make sure we got the non-spoiler part out of the way so with that said we're going to take a quick break and then when we come back we can get into a spoiler field discussion of logan we right back a long time ago in a galaxy far far away All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and we're going to have a spoil-filled discussion uh, about the movie. We might debate and chop it up a little bit about uh, some of our reviews. Um, let's see. One other thing I wanted to throw in, uh, going back to Mark talking about X-23, I was just looking her up. It's interesting to me, as I didn't know this, her character actually debuted on the uh, the cartoon series, X-Men Evolution. Evolution. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, So that was something that wasn't even in the books. Uh, but that's man a shout out to whoever created her hopefully he's getting getting a check probably not um, but we'll see um, going back to Aunt Pooh uh, and we were talking about not being genre specific or being different I think the thing with uh, Logan that is different uh, along with it you know the setting is that the tone of it uh, you don't normally see in comic book movies and I think some of the times when you don't, you have seen that People didn't really care for it. The uh, only thing I can think of would be like The Watchmen or something, which to me is a very like, I wouldn't say it's a depressing movie, but it's not a feel good. Yay! You know, <laughs> kick, kick that, you know, type of movie. But the original story isn't either. Uh, but I think this movie, again, it does. We can spoil it. You know, Logan dies. Uh, you don't normally see that in a comic book movie where the hero dies in the movie. Uh, I actually. Superman. <laughs> Which movie is this? I said Superman. 
Oh, he doesn't. You know he's killing people. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't normally die in the movies, right? But even people have problems with that. Um, what I'm saying, I like that. That because I'm always a big thing about story. You know, yeah, you can keep these. You have. I get it. In the books, they have to keep these guys alive for 40 years. So there's you have to sort of give up the fact that there's always going to be an out in the story. Nothing ever sticks. But I like that this movie. I hope it's a one and done. I could be wishful thinking on that, but they killed him. Uh, I was like, okay, that's 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 cool, man. You don't normally get to see that, and the stakes were high in this movie anyway, and anybody can get it, and he got it, uh, and the girl goes on to he gave his life for her situation. I, I, as a story, I think that's cool. You don't normally get to see that, and I can imagine, like Q said, he walked out of that theater, you know, kind of felt depressed or like, ah, okay. Not really expecting that type of thing. Go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say real quick. Did you know? Now you, you. I think you were the one who told me about the road. You saw that movie, right? Of course, yeah. The endings were exactly the same. With, uh, I mean, I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I just thought it was kind of remarkable that he's laying there, and the little girl is saying, "Daddy, Daddy, don't leave, don't Mm -hmm. leave." I think that's what she's saying. Same thing happened on the road, which I was like, I wonder if they did that as homage or if they're trying to drive home that this is. This is a dystopian uh, picture here. It's, it's quite possible. It's definitely quite possible. But I like to, again, that's what I like about it. It's like, it made you feel something. You might not have felt good and cheerful, but it definitely has an emotional type of movie, which on one hand, you can argue to say most comic book movies leave you emotions of, like you said, hope or, you know, that was fantastic. You know what I mean? It was you hyped up. And I think it's good that you can open it up to show another side to it. It don't always have to be this type of movie. Even the movies you brought up, uh, The Dark Knight and uh, Civil War, those end, for the most part, as triumph of hero movies. Uh, I doubt that Marvel would have... And maybe that's not their lane to do something like that where they would kill off and make you think it's really going to stick. These characters are going to die or there's no win for these characters. That would be a dark type of story. It's not really their lane, per se. But I think they all can't be the same. Like, So I just think in that regards, this movie does go a different route that you don't normally see, where it's a little bleak. You know, I thought that was kind of cool. And you guys want to bring up any other parts in the movie that are of interest to you? Yes. <clears throat> I'm going to bring up uh, the, the farmhouse scene. Ah, yes. At least Neil. So... That's my girl. When they um five fifty, and when when they um are on the highway chasing down the horses, I would have I, I swore for like me they, they were Mexican. Hilarious! There <laughs> you go. And then, and then, when Eric Lasalle, yeah, when Eric Lasalle looked up from the head, like, that's that's Eric Carter, that's Doctor Carter. What the? Okay, we got some brothers transporting horses. All right, so glow. <laughs> but um. That was one of the scenes that um, the whole gathering the horses and they go back to the farmhouse and uh, I thought that was one of the, the scenes that dragged the most in the movie. Really, uh, the whole dinner scene. I just thought it. I, I I knew what they were doing and I'm like, okay, I got it. We've established that you're bonding with this family, and you know something's going to happen because if you look back at um, it was the same thing with X Men Origins Wolverine. When he meets up with the family, and one of the, I think one of the, I think both of the, the old people die in that in that scene. Um, 
so in this scene, I was like, okay, I really like the bonding and everything. Um, but I just thought that's, I, I don't know, I'm mixed on that scene. I thought it was effective because I, I know you can't, everything is not going to turn out well. But I was really torn by it. It was a good scene, but despite it being long, and I think the editing wasn't that great. Like when X-23 is Laura is looking at that, the, the, uh, the kid's headphones. I thought, okay, let's move this along. We know she does, she's never been exposed to things in the outside world, although she knows how to drive a truck. I, did, I couldn't figure that out. Um, but just the way that ended up, it just seemed like, wow. That, I think that scene is the one that weighed heavy on me because when they showed the shot of the little kid laying on the floor with a, with a shock 12-gauge to his chest, I was like, this has to be a dream sequence, right? They're not taking it there, are they? Really? That's interesting. That's why I, li- I, li- I liked it because I didn't expect it to go like that. And I didn't expect it to be as violent as that. And it, again, because it just goes against everything. I would have like, there's no way you would kill them on multiple levels like that and to show it. And then I was like, you know what? This movie is but, no fucks are given. Like, this is some crazy shit. But, that's but what bothered me about it was um, they they ran from Mexico to Oklahoma and uh, Pierce and the Reavers show up there. Uh, whoa, 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 stop. Yes. That was Pierce and the Reavers? Yes. Because somebody called them the Reavers in the film, but I'm thinking the Reavers visually from X-Men 232, I believe. Well, you <laughs> And they look nothing like that. Mark, well, you Mark, know, they have to be more realistic, as you know. We can't put all this comic booky stuff in a Western road trip. But the Reavers were in the Australian outback, too. Not, yeah. not in Mexico. Well, well they, they're they going to take liberties with the movie. Yeah. But I mean, that, that that scene, I'm just sitting there screaming like, why the, why the fuck are y'all doing this? You guys were in Oklahoma. They had no idea. To the best of your knowledge, Wolverine and Charles Xavier, you have no idea how they found you in Oklahoma, but they did. So now you're driving further and you're going to stop at a farm knowing that they found you. You don't know how, but they found you. And you just think, yeah, you know, we left them uh, two, three hundred miles back. But I think we're cool. They can't find us now. That just bugged me. Like, now, why did they know stopping? they had Caliban at that point? And that's the thing. How did they? My, my, the thing I'm looking at is, OK, Charles Wolverine, they found you. You don't know how, but they found you. So why are you stopping that long instead of getting to where you need to get to? Why are you saying, okay, we'll stay tonight? I'm like, dude, they found you in the most randomest place in Oklahoma. What makes you think they can't track you now? That they're not tracking you or can't find you at this uh, farmhouse? Uh, That whole scene, I was looking like, okay, why aren't they leaving? Why aren't they leaving? Why are they stopping? Why aren't they leaving? It just bugged me, that whole scene. The the thing I I was going to say was, uh, it did bother me, not bother me, but I found it a little bit not it didn't work for me that they know whether they know these guys are tracking them or not. They know that they are a hot, a hot commodity. And it seemed like they would realize that they're putting that family at risk. That was the main problem I had. Forget about the fact that we not only that once I settle into the fact once I settle into the fact that. Okay, we got some black farmers. You don't see that that often, but we got black farmers, and then they all end up dead. I mean, that was a little bit of the political part of me. That was like, really? There you go. I mean, damn, really? You think they were they consciously thought that? 
I know, oh, you know Q thought I, that. But, um, <laughs> no, Q, you, do you think they consciously thought that in some degree? Well, I think a lot... No, but I think a lot of things are come out in the subconscious that you don't really aren't real aware of. Interesting. All right. Noted. 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 I mean, that, that scene... Oh, I'm glad that that scene is a topic because, again, I think, one... It was in, it was uh, it came out of left field to me. Like you, I didn't assume they were Mexican, but I didn't even I would have nowhere assumed they were black. And then to see them, and I said, okay, Elise Neal, I saw her name in the credits. Okay, damn, and and oh boy, I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting. There's always the scene where the heroes have to sort of go to the, you know, some other people's house, or they kind of waylaid someplace. So I was like, I understand the story is going to have that, but I loved it because again. The dialogue between Charles Xavier and Logan, it kind of just showed the family type thing and just the way they were talking. I was like, this is this is cool, man. You don't normally see him take the time to go into this type of shit with these characters. And I like that. It's the same type of thing when I see some of the Marvel movies. I like when they just have Tony and Cap or whatever just talking sometimes because there's so much history that we have seen from these movies. It's cool to see them sort of address or call back to things and they're not just fighting. So I was like, this is dope. Um, this, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, in, when they, the whole thing with the water goes out, at first I, didn't, I couldn't understand what the hell was going on, but I was like, okay, the dad is making it seem like there's some fuckery going on with some other people, and I kind of was in my mind thinking, oh, this is on some Hatfield, or like they don't want blacks, or, you know, I was just throwing my own little thing into it, yeah. but, I knew, <laughs> but I knew it was like exactly. it was some shit, so he, he, Wolverine's going to come, so I figured, okay, yeah. You can have Wolverine go with this guy and some shit might pop off. Now, when them good old boys came and I was like, okay, and my man pulled, had the gun. I was like, oh, this is about to be, it's on. This is going to be some shit. And Wolverine, you know, hey, get, get the fuck back in them cars, motherfucker. <laughs> like, I'm the, I, ain't the, I ain't the nick. I ain't, you know, I ain't no bitch. And I was like, oh, this okay. You flexing up. Now, when it turns from that to go back to the family, I would have never. I would have thought, yeah, they would come back home, and maybe the bad guys are gonna be there. But for them to be gutted, uh, so then you don't know he's talking to Wolverine. And at first, you know, Xavier wakes up and you see him talking to somebody. I knew immediately something was up because they're not showing us this guy's face for a reason. And I was like, oh shit! And I'm starting. Is he actually really talking to Wolverine? And he just they just kind of not showing him, and he's just gonna say. Charles, let's get up and go. I was like, what the fuck? When he starts gutting people, I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, wow. And then the mom, I was like, they're not going to like really kill him. And I was blown away. I was like, wow, this is fucked up. And I felt bad for the dad because like, he's going to come back home. His family is wiped out, man. And it's these motherfuckers. It's Wolverine's fault. And that part when... Uh, the dad finally came back with the shotgun. I was, I said, you know, I understand if he goes ahead and, and goes ahead and busts a shot off on Wolverine, because in a sense, all of this shit happened because of you, man. You, you know, you're not like this great guy, like you. And he was kind of a self. He was a selfish dude in this movie. Like Wolverine was on some bitch shit, because he was like, "Fuck that little kid. <laughs> Let's go. We ride now." What about the girl? I don't give a fuck about that girl. And I was like, "Damn, he's a bitch." So the I, I don't know about I'm not I don't yeah, know I, I, I will I'm because who what, what, what grown man leaves a young child in danger? 
Okay, well, come on, man. They, that come that on, was man. foul. That was foul. They ain't a helpless city. young child. Yeah, but so what, man? He's he's a grown ass man, and that little girl. They came to him for help, and even Charles is like, "Yo, you can't leave that girl." Man. What the fuck yeah, is but this is a guy. You? This is a guy that put in work for God knows how many years. Oh, right. Universe. So that's what I'm saying. The fact that he was that guy. Now he has turned bitch. That's why I was like, he he has turned into this. He's not. He's he, a shadow. He is who dying. He, like right, but still, he was a hero. Heroes don't turn their backs on people. That's the whole point. To me, that was like the whole point of the movie. Like he had his, he changed back to, I'm gonna be back to Wolverine again and be a hero. These people keep alluding that I was like that fucking comic book. It was a whole point. It's like you didn't, you was different, man. And he changed. So I can understand. It was just interesting to me going back to the dad, where the dad is like, Yo, you not, you a problem, man. You not even help. You causing problems. And my whole family's dying because of you. And then for me as the viewer, I'm looking at it like, yeah, Wolverine, the other human Wolverine was a different type of dude. And maybe they wouldn't have stopped at that house going back to what you said. I, I don't know. But it was obvious that he was not the same guy that he was before. Uh, going back to the family thing, it was just a gut punch to me because I would not expect them to gun down a family and them show it in a movie, let alone a superhero movie now i would say in a normal hardcore flick movie that i like to watch normally yeah families get gunned down that's to be expected when the, from those brutal type of movies action movies they show that but you ain't never seen it in a comic book movie because <laughs> it's just you wouldn't think why that's something they would be unheard of so that's why i'm saying like to me on one hand it's showing you some shit that you would never see in a comic book movie that's like not some spoof like Deadpool or something, but a legitimate movie where they're literally killing kids and, and mothers. Like, that but, shit was know, crazy. Go ahead. Uh, again, I was torn by, uh, I don't know what his name, I'm going to call him uh, Eric. Uh, uh, Eric uh, putting a shotgun at Wolverine. Part of me was like, okay, I'm glad to see that this is a black man who's not going to treat Wolverine like the white savior and realizes that he brought this shit to his house. But the other part of me was like, but then, you know, Wolverine was that Wolverine had your back, you know, I mean, maybe he's not responsible for what went down. He, I mean, he, he, well, he's at the height of the, he, he's at the, in the heat of the moment, too. Like, you know, he doesn't know. He's not even thinking probably about, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was the heat of the shit going down. He right. Didn't I, have but time I'm to saying, I, I, like I said, I'm split, but he seems like you, it's a legitimate argument to say. Wolverine had his back when the guys came out there to shut off to to stop him from shutting off the water. You know, and at that one he I forget what was the sequence of events. He he came back. Where was he when Wolverine was fighting X24? Didn't I some, where he, something had happened to him because we assumed yeah, he, he was got dead. Stabbed by X24. Yeah. He got okay, he got He probably stabbed, didn't know it was the different guy at that time either like when he finally drives back he, kills this one dude but this fucker looks just like you and he has no idea what the fuck is going oh, on oh that's a good point maybe he didn't realize there was a difference between the two and he wouldn't have that- no way of knowing like he wouldn't his family just got gunned down or killed what? this dude he saw killed so he kills him it looks like him and then here you are again like whoa anybody has so not had the time to think about so you're saying on. you're saying he thought that wolverine was the guy who killed his family not x24 well, he just knows that he's that guy he just killed that looks just like that guy. He doesn't know what the hell is going on. He just knows that his, he heard his wife screaming and she got gunned down or, or killed. Or he, got the, he, he, he heard her shoot that shotgun and all hell break loose. And he gets stabbed. So, again, he has no idea what the hell is going on. He just knows he needs to protect his family. That's what I'm saying. He doesn't know. He's not going to have time to be thinking about, well, he did help me 
with these other cats. But now fuck that. My kids, my my, my wife and kids just got gunned down. Everyone is going to get it. I, ain't got, I don't. I don't know what the fuck is going on, but I do know that I'm about to bust on somebody. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I got no sympathy for Soul Glow because you asked him to come <laughs> home. Like, but he has no idea about any of that. The dude, his uh, wife Wolverine was pushing told it. Him too. Said, Wolverine kept saying no. And you were like insisting, no, you don't want to let your wife insist to come on home. So I'm like, you invited the devil to your doorstep. But he has no That's idea he's you. the devil though. He's being a night. They're farmers, dude. They're they're, they're nice people. That's established. Yeah, well, they're black farmers. Oh, here we go. Oh, so That's black that. people don't know. Okay, I said. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, since, since we brought up X twenty four, this is something that I mentioned that um, <laughs> I was I was hoping that the reveal of what, what this new weapon was, I would have liked it to have been instead of a cloned Wolverine, I would have liked it to have been uh, Liv Shiver's uh, saber tooth. To me, that would have been a little. To me, that would have made for a better confrontation than Wolverine versus Wolverine. I mean, I guess there's some existential, deep meaning to uh, old man Wolverine taking on a feral killing machine version of himself. But it was just kind of a letdown to see, oh, it's another Wolverine. All right. What movie was Leif Schreiber, Sabretooth in? I forget. Well, uh, X-Men Origins, Wolverine. Yeah, no one liked that movie, and I don't know if anyone liked Sabretooth in that they, movie. They did. A say, lot of people like. I, I did see that, that they did I, intend I, to have Sabretooth in this movie, but they cut it out. The lot didn't. They didn't go forward with it uh, for whatever reasons. But well, you know, from a that was the best part of that. And from a comic book standpoint, Sabretooth never ran with the Reavers anyway, so that wouldn't have made any sense. Mark is on his on his librarian book. <laughs> He's the but, but since the Reavers were in Australia and not Mexico, that's out the window for this. True, but every time the Reavers have made an appearance, never with Sabretooth. Different uh, different um, whole crew there. Is there an X-24 in the comic books? No. Well, it, well I came to be Sabretooth. I'm just saying, for me, the reveal that uh, the, the reveal of uh, cloned feral Wolverine was a little bit of a letdown, and I would have much preferred to been another character. No, no, I agree with that. From a, from Wolverine a versus standpoint. Wolverine. I agree with that completely. You know, because a Wolverine clone. Anytime a, you know you get do a clone, it's just lazy. You know, well, that's why they didn't really talk about it with the girl, even though we all know she's a clone. I have no problem with it, but I can understand what you're saying. And the other thing that I thought, uh, I mean, you. you if you're a fan of the comic book, you've read numerous Wolverine stories, you figure out what's going on with I mean, you can somewhat come to a conclusion why, why he's dying. But for me, if you're going to play up the fact that well, Wolverine's dying, his healing factor is not what it was, he's getting hurt, he's dying, can you tell us why? As opposed to alluding to it? Hmm. I, I have this question. I wonder, is his healing factor just take a long time to to, to, to work like is he still gonna is he gonna wake up later <laughs> and, and dig what himself is, out or something well I, I think the thing is is question. that if, based on the comic book I've known that his healing factor is actually keeping him alive from the adamantium poisoning since they bonded that to his bones so maybe it's just such advanced that his healing factor can't do it anymore and then he mentioned in the film uh, when he was went face to face with the uh, was it Xander Rice, he said, "You put this poison in my body." So I, I guess we're supposed to think that it's the adamantium that's taxing his healing factor and is killing him. 
I guess so. Can I talk about another? Go, I'm yeah, sorry. go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I want to talk about another scene. It's a scene that, because I, I contend that really Professor X did not need to be in this movie. He really served no purpose other than to um, to tell um, to to let us know that he knew that Laura existed, and it seemed like there was one other purpose, but it could have been written around completely. <clears throat> um, but the one thing that he that I there was one scene in this movie that I, again I was a little mixed on, but I was like, damn, it is it is it's slow, but it's cool as hell. Is in the hotel room when um, he has his um, relapse or whatever it was. Uh, his yeah. that was psychic, psychic outburst. And to me, seeing that he could do that, that that added to the dystopic or the apocalyptic tone of the film. That he could do all that. You had all this other shit coming uh, happening around you as Wolverine and these other characters. But then on top of that, the guy that you're caring for is capable of doing some shit like that if he doesn't take his medication. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was, an, uh, it was an it was an amazing setup. I was questioning, well, what what's actually happening? What is he doing? But it didn't really matter ultimately. Just seeing, I really kind of felt bad for those guys that were frozen, and they just see, they see Wolverine coming, <laughs> and they like, damn, okay, shit. <laughs> that was a cold scene. I thought that was a, that shit was crazy. I, w- I will agree with that. That was pretty dope. I, I almost it makes me wonder. Why Wolverine just didn't kill Charles? He's actually way more dangerous. I mean, they 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 classified him as a weapon of mass destruction. I'm assuming from the way they were hinting in the news reports and, and sort of my own sort of thing is that Charles Xavier killed the X Men and all those people in that immediate area of the school, which is why they're on the run to begin with. And it makes me wonder as much as Wolverine is tied to this man. The guy is like way too dangerous, like I, you know, and he's not taking his medicine. To me, I would be like, on one hand, he would need to take him out because the guy can kill everybody. Like, I just thought it was it was just an interesting movie. It's interesting, and I think the reason why he's in the movie, on my opinion, is because it's almost like Wolverine uh, is so tied to him, and it gives him purpose. But I think with all sort of the hero narratives, you have to take them out of their world and where they have to go. You know, there's like you have to leave the past behind and it's a tragic situation. To me, you know, Xavier was that Aunt Beru, the old world for Logan. And he has to go forward to be this other thing to this other girl. Well, he has to be the, the Xavier for her and he has to leave behind that shit from the past, even if this guy is you caring for him but this guy is dangerous and you have to let go of that shit like you can't he's almost Damn. telling him that he has to Logan you have to be a better dude like you have to protect this girl I, almost, I think that to me that was his purpose like once he died his character has to shift to to not be a selfish guy anymore because one there's nothing to be selfish about unless he decides he's just going to go solo which he says I'm not going to do that I don't want the money I'm going to take care. Uh, I'll follow through with this mission with the girl. Uh, but then he's kind of like, well, then that's it. And then his change again is, oh, they're going to really get those kids. I can't let that go down. And obviously, you know, he becomes the hero guy. But I, I thought it was I, Again, I love the banter of, of Xavier because he was on some other shit. You don't you never seen him like that before. I thought he was hilarious. He was old, pissed. 
you know, he was cussing up a storm. I thought it was great. And it was like when I saw the audience, it was hysterical. Like everyone was laughing. Yeah, I have to admit the the portrayals from uh, Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart, the guy who played uh, Caliban and uh, Laura Kinney. Perfect. They played their roles. Great. I think Patrick Stewart should get an Oscar nom. Uh, I think no. he was. I'm sorry. I, I enjoyed the portrayal. I thought it was really, really well done, and the way they interacted was good. My, what I would say with my nitpick as far as Wolverine versus Laura uh, with Laura is the fact that I wish they had had her speaking uh, sooner, so that, that they could establish more of a bond. Because when it got to that point where they were running through the woods uh, from the Reavers, I was at the point like. I don't. It's like I really don't care if, if she survives or not. I don't care why why Wolverine wants to make sure she gets to Eden, so to speak, or over to the, the border of Canada. Uh, when Wolverine eventually dies, which I think, like, man, you know, after what nine films, that's how they take him out. I was I was thinking, like, can I get a little? I really didn't feel this uh, Laura's pain watching him die because I didn't get the sense of them bonding. And, and again. The way that they wrote this and they shot this, she did her she did her role really great. But I feel like they should have had them speaking to each other more I mean, earlier to really establish that bond so that I really care. And I, I put this in contrast to um, K2SO in uh, Rogue One, where, you know, I'm seeing his interaction with uh, I can't think of the guy's name. Uh with the with the two leads throughout the whole film, so that when he's getting shot up by the stormtroopers, I actually felt like, oh man, they, damn, they killed him, and he's just a robot. So I just felt like they they should have done that a little sooner, so I can care a little bit more at that final scene and him getting her to Eden. I go the opposite direction. I think the fact that she doesn't speak says more, speaks volumes more than. It speaks, it speaks to the two of them as actors, and it speaks to the writing, and particularly to her performance. No denial whatsoever. No denial whatsoever I, as far I as think, the acting, I, definitely. I think that bond was there, and, and I, I had no qualms about that at all. No qualms. One other thing, quickly, two things. But the first one is just hilarious to me. The scene when they're in the woods toward the end and they're being chased. The scene where that little uh, chubby flag bo- black boy was running through the woods. Uh, my, my man was bailing. I was like, that's my nigga. Run. He was bailing through there. I was like, that was hilarious to me. Wasn't he carrying? He was carrying something too, wasn't he? I can't remember. Uh, Butterball proved pretty good. He was good. running his ass off. So I was like, yeah, that's, I, that's a brother right there. I don't care how cops is on your ass, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> But I had a problem with that scene too, because I'm just I was sitting there in the theater and I wasn't alone when I'm like, Y'all gonna do something? All y'all got powers. Help a nigga out. The kids. They all got okay. Well yeah, they did I, use I they did use their powers, didn't they? Eventually. Okay. Eventually. Hey. But I was just pissed, like, okay, you see Wolverine, he helping y'all and saving. Now you see him the the, the drug wore off and he getting his ass handed to him. Y'all really gonna hide knowing that once he goes down, that's your ass? Your kids, man. Okay, again, <laughs> again. Wolverine goes they down. They don't, they don't have any that, combat training. That's great, but if Wolverine well, goes down, do they or don't? What they? happens next? Were they being trained they're gonna to be, be on their ass? But they're okay. All right, okay. Q. I get it. They're kids, but you're trying to tell me you're a kid with power and you see Wolverine running in there, but killing all the. Can I finish? 
can I finish? You see Wolverine running in there, killing all of them. You know how he's able to do it. He has that serum. You then see Wolverine getting his ass kicked. Now, more than likely, Wolverine can die. And if Wolverine died, what does that mean? They're going to come after me. So am I going to really stand back and not help? Or I'm going to be like, fuck, I better help. Or they're going to come after and kill me. Because their mission is kill them. But, so did, so but like, didn't, the so kids, pro- didn't the kids use their powers and help? Eventually. I'm like, why the hell mm-hmm. did they stand back forever and let Wolverine damn near die before they said, okay, let's go in and help. Let's go well, the answer, the, the answer to that question that you just asked is because at a certain point, maybe they would help. But initially, they are afraid. They're kids. They don't have any combat training. They don't they don't fight as a team. They didn't really know what to do. And they have been isolated all their lives. That That's why. And, th- and doesn't Wolverine okay. tell them to run? Like, go. I got this. I got okay, this handle. They were they were trapped. We saw all of them. All of them were being held at gunpoint. And then Wolverine makes his move to help save them. And then they say, okay, let's run. And you're like, okay, why the hell aren't y'all helping? All of y'all got powers. Right, you got really it. gonna leave it up to Wolverine in the next 23? Mike, what was, what was the comic book? I think you recommended this book, but it was a comic book. Ah, It was where, was it an alternate universe where Superman never sees the light of day and they, they keep him locked in a in a, in a room? Oh, oh that's... And he cut, uh... That was Flashpoint. Flashpoint, yeah. The Flash, Superman right. Flashpoint. Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, did that, you know, it seemed like it's a common thing. It happened in that story as well. He, yeah, he, but I also remember in that in that uh, series, he actually used his heat wave vision and took a guy's arm off as they were shooting at his friends. And he, he did that right away, or did he... Finally, man up. They he, shot at they shot at Batman and Flash. He shot his X ray. He shot his heat vision. I, I understand that. My question is: Did he do that right out the gate? They shot. He returned fire. Okay. All right. The other thing I wanted to bring up too is uh, this movie sort of follows. I guess there's like a a a motif or a recognizable sort of a thing that you see in stories where there's the little girl and the man. Um, One thing, when I look at some of the promotional pictures of this and just looking at it just as a visual, when you see it, it reminds me of, and and, uh, I think Ant will know this, uh, The Last of Us, uh, where it's the guy and the little girl, you know, making their way through like a post-apocalyptic world, uh, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like Terminator and John Connor, the little boy. Uh, the Road, you know, has that same sort of. Uh, it's always the little kid. Usually, it's a girl, but it's a little kid and a man having to you know go through this thing. Uh, and this movie, to me, plays on that perfectly. Uh, and again, it's like a reoccurring theme you see in stories where it's always the little kid and. The, and the, and the man, they got to make their way through all this shit. So that's another reason why I think this movie is great because I don't think there has been a super, superhero movie that has played on that motif uh, that I can think of. Um, so it's always cool to see when you take these genre movies and you plug them into other things that might be outside of it a little bit. Those types of movies always get attention because they're sort of different. Uh, the Dark Knight was different when it came at it, at its time. Um, what was the other one that you mentioned, uh, Ant? 
oh, uh, civil, uh, winter soldier. Right. Sort of has that, that different sort of stake to it. Uh, so I think, we, so that's why, I, again, movies like this, the, the, the genre is great when you see them doing something, even Deadpool, you know, for the, the hard rated R and all that type of stuff and the blood we don't normally see. It just opens it out more. So I really want to see other movies where they challenge it a little bit. Um, any lasting things before we, we wrap this thing? I think we said pretty much everything we can. Yeah, I wanted to uh, Big Sexy touched on it, and I mentioned it in my review. It was it was good to see Stephen Merchant. I, I know he's not widely known in the States, um, but I, he, he's he's a comedic actor-writer. He he has a um, he did a series called Hello Ladies that, that's on HBO a couple years ago. Unfortunately, it didn't get renewed, but um, I just, liked it too. Yeah, it, it was it was it was okay. The, the characters were kind of two dimensional, but the, it was very funny. But to see him do this, I swear my hat goes off. I say this about the Russo brothers, Jordan Peele, about this guy, any other people that transcend or move through genres, and they seem like they do it effort, effortlessly. My my hat goes off to them, and and I, I my hat goes off to Stephen Merchant. Um, I, I hope he gets a lot more work in the states. He's uh, the writing partner of Ricky Gervais, so um, yeah, he did he did a great job. I mean, he was perfectly cast as that character. All right, there you go, Logan. Uh, looks like obviously it'll be the movie to beat this weekend. They said they did uh, estimated thirty million dollars as of today. Looking at uh, possibly ending it around 80, I want to say. That should be very interesting nice. for our rated movie. Uh, so good job on that. Good, oh. jo- good job to uh, Hugh Jackman again. It's, it's supposedly his last turn at this character. Same as Patrick Stewart, his last turn at the character. Uh, they did a good job. Uh, James Manigold, the director. This is definitely a step up from the Wolverine to me. Um, and uh, what a way to go out. So there you go. All right, moving on from the X-Men. Uh, let's see, change up gears. There's a number of things that we were going to get into. Uh, so I'm going to go to Aunt Pooh first. And sir, there was something you wanted to uh, bring into conversation. Oh, we was talking about uh, Remy Ma versus Nicki Minaj. Oh, yes. Hilarious. <laughs> Remy who? Remy Ma, sir. Get into the culture. What is a Remy Ma? Well, I'm going to tell you. Remy Ma is a female rapper. Uh, she is associated with uh, Terror Squad. Terror Squad. Fat, Fat Joe. Joe. They actually have, I think, they have a, a hit song out right now. Uh, All the way up. There you go. And uh, some of you also will know her. She's in Love of Hip Hop show, one of those shows. Um, yeah, Love of Hip Hop. With her husband, Papoose. And uh, <laughs> stop, stop, stop right there. Her husband is named what? Pat Poots. He's, a, he's a popular rapper. And uh, Remy okay. Ma is also known that she had went to prison uh, for a while. Of course, of course. Six she, years. Six years, and she got back out not too long ago. And you know, make, making a make, making oh, wait, her wait, wait, presence. Did she go to prison? Actually, I don't know. Did she slap some woman or something? Or it got six years. Some type she of two thousand eight. It was an assault thing or something. Kind of I um I did an interview with her in 2005. I'm like, wait, she went to and she put on some weight. I thought you're supposed to get skinny when you come out of prison. <laughs> yeah, no, she's she, she's back out. So you she know got who she eight is. Eight years for slapping somebody? Goddamn. Well, I don't know the exact. I know it was like a fight or something. I mean, 
as far as I know. But definitely, you got six time. years for a fight? Did she? Kill I, yeah, I don't know. Look, you you guys have Google, and so as I'm talking about, you could you could look it up and let us know. <laughs> but uh, I, I got to look was, this up. There you go. She was convicted of assault, illegal weapon possession, and uh, attempted coercion in connection uh, with these charges. Weapon charge. There you go. Attempted to coerce what? Um, so police say that while she was a, with a group of people outside the pizza bar in Manhattan, which that's the wrong place to shoot a gun, a verbal confrontation broke out during the entire incident. A gunshot to the torso wounded uh, somebody named McKean, uh, Barnes Joseph, who had been accused of stealing one thousand dollars from Remy. So mm. you know, don't steal from Remy Ma. Uh, yeah, wow. Firing off a gun in New York. Somebody getting hit, you going down. So she, yeah, that's, that's what she went to yeah, prison for. Place. But why is she in the news? She was heavy in the news uh, this last weekend. Started last weekend. She put out a diss track to. Um, I love a diss track. Nicki Minaj, another popular female rapper. And listen, I, I'm not, I am not a fan nor necessarily against either one of them. But I actually heard this diss track myself, and. Uh, I will say that Remy Ma, uh, I hesitate to say it's on the level of Vasno Vaseline and the takeover and all that kind of stuff. But in terms of what she's talking about, it's a vicious, no holes bar, 100%, assume 100% real, below the belt type of disc record. And that thing came out, I want to say either last Thursday or Friday the week before, and it sent shockwaves to the culture and everything. And it was a harsh record. Like it was like whoa, and uh, it was like I said against um, Nicki Minaj. And as we stand at this point, so far as we recorded this song, Nicki Minaj has not put out a song to answer back at this. He's done a few Instagram posts <laughs> and Twitter posts that I think have since been deleted, but she has not officially come back. And a lot of people are like, man, where, where's your career? Your career could be on the line or you have to answer back uh, just in terms of hip hop. Uh, but it's a raw, it's a raw record. Like I was like, damn, uh, it was some cold shit in there, man. I think she I put out another someone, one. As a matter of fact, is that right? And yeah, she released a second. Yeah, one. she dropped another one called another one. And she came on the Wendy Williams. I saw this yesterday. She was on the Wendy Williams show dressed for a funeral. Oh, uh, you know, there was, uh, I think, Trey songs that got dragged into this because there's a line in there about him, Ebro. Uh, and, and Nikki was kind of going at Trey and Trey had to put out a thing. That I ain't got in the I didn't hit smash nobody. It's just it's a whole bunch of mess. But in terms of it, in terms of hip hop and culture, I thought it was a great move. And it's exactly what the game is about. And uh, yeah, she I'll, has to answer back. Go ahead. How, OK. I don't want to presume anything. I assume, and because you're not the first person I've heard say this, that it's a great move for hip hop. I assume. I've heard other people say, you know, if you look back in the day and in, in, in our day in the '80s, in the early, well, in the '80s with, uh, you know, the Roxanne's and the UTFOs going back and forth, and then you go go to the '90s with Nas and uh, Jay Z and this and that. Mm-hmm. How was this in this case? If I'm not mistaken, one of the one of these young ladies. Went in on someone having a miscarriage, I believe. Um, no, nah, I don't believe that's been. Yeah, I've, yet. I've heard that. I, I, I have heard that. I, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying what I've heard. How 
now I'm gonna say now maybe I'm prejudiced because I grew up in the '80s. Mm. You know, like real Roxanne, Roxanne Shantae, UTFO. That was the rap beef that I recall. And it was even though they were going at each other, it was still kind of like just mild clowning. Even if you look at uh, 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 um, what what was that group? Uh, uh, damn, TLC with the no no um, no, no scrubs. scrubs. Who, who were they going rap- at with that song? Well, I mean, I'm just saying. Then, then some. Then there was a, a rap group to put out a song called No Pigeons, I believe it was. But they didn't go at TLC. I never heard of that, but yeah, I okay. did. But they didn't go at TLC. Yeah, there was nothing. There were no diss tracks. They went, Yeah. No. Okay. All right. Fine. My point is, is that <laughs> how is this good for the culture? Good for the culture. Yeah, yes. Please. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know what what happened between you from the Roxanne Shantae's to the Ice Cube and WAs and. The KRS-1s and the uh, LL Cool J battles and the Kumo D battles. And the, and the, I don't know why you missed all of those, but uh, why is Bambada it good? and uh, Flash. Well, yeah, what, but, I'm saying, uh, what I'm saying is that... Well, I'm going to answer your question. You say, why is it good for the culture? We heard you. Uh, why, why, let me just, can, I just be, can I just be clear? Why is it okay. good for two people in the community, in the culture, to be viciously attacking each other. Okay. We, is this, we got is that's hip hop. Right. So the answer the easy answer is that is hip hop. And again, I was trying to sort of bring into examples just as you did with the Karis, I mean with the Roxanne Shantae. Is the same example you would bring in with Ice Cube, No Vaseline. It's the same example you would have LL Cool J and Kumo D. It's the same example with LL Cool J and Rundi uh Ice T. It would be the same as LL Cool J with uh, what's the other cannabis? One? Cannabis <laughs> shut his ass down <laughs> on the same record. Uh, why is it good for the culture? Because it's about rap skills, and you can be the number one selling star in the world and have all the money, and that's great. But in terms of hip hop, uh, traditionally, may not be the case now, but traditionally it was about your skills and not about your record sales, because if you know, then that would mean like a guy like MC Hammer of Vanilla Ice is the top rapper of all time or something, which, again, maybe to business world or the pop world, that may be true. But to people who actually love the genre, those guys would be considered clowns lyrically. Like, how could they be better than Rakim or, you know, some of these other people? So this is good for the culture because it's like it's a check. It's to say, listen, if you're really good, then you can rap. And when battle rap, which is a genre of rap, which is a genre of hip hop, if you're a good rapper, then you should be able to have skills to combat and go at your opponent. Uh, I think you are also asking, why does it have to be so uh, aggressively brutal in the what she's saying? Because you mentioned the uh, miscarriage. And I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know this. Yeah, I haven't seen but, Nikki but let's just say, with that. But, but I kind of see where you're going with it. I think, one, we're in different times now where you can't just come out and say, I'm the number one rapper. Nobody is better. You know, my rhymes are golden and yours are wetter. Like that would, you know what I'm what? saying? Like, <laughs> right. What I'm saying, it's a, like the talk about nothing, right? To just say, I got gold houses and da, 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 da. You, that's not going to work anymore because the game has been elevated. When you have a record like, say, No Vaseline by Ice Cube, 
sort of sets the trajectory to say, yo, you have to come out and go on facts and keep it 100. So like right. Cube came out and said, no, I'm not going to just sit here and talk about I'm the best rapper on the West Coast. These other suckers are whack. No, he was like, no, I'm going to get at you on some real shit. I'm going to get at you about your business. You know, you got this white man taking your money. You know, I'm going to embarrass you. And you have to come with better bars than me on that. It's the same way when Nas and Jay-Z was going at each other, which is a callback to this. Remy Ma record is called Sheether, which is obviously a callback to Ether, the song that Nas Nas put out on Jay-Z. She actually uses the same music. So it is the sense to say it's not enough to just have witty words that rhyme together. You have to actually personally address the person that you're battling and go at them, which is what Nas and Jay-Z did, which was another pushing the goal, pushed it forward to say you got to really come with some real shit. You you better make sure you don't have nobody snitching on your team or not have your stuff together because they're going to find out and expose you. Uh, which is what we see people do all the time, right? Trying to go at well, each other on a personal level. So to answer your question, that's why it's important because in terms of hip hop and rap, it's, it doesn't, you know, Nikki came back and said, well, I got to check my numbers or something like that or I have the best selling. And the culture said, we don't give a fuck about that. Rap. Well, I, <laughs> and, and, and matter of fact, Remy said, uh, check on as like, you got... Three three sixty deals. So you don't you five people right. see your money before you do. Yeah, that was the so other part. I, we're of, not impressed by all that. That was the other part of, the, well, of her I, lyrics. She's she got into her money and said, "Well, actually, it doesn't matter how much you sell. You're not getting any money off of it. Here's why. You got this deal." I mean, she went in on her on some real shit. So that's why it's important to the culture. Hopefully, that makes sense. To I guess I'm going to say this. Uh, maybe it makes me an old person. I don't really care. Uh, I'll never understand. And I look back on, you know, like I said, when I was looking at the, the rap battles in, in in my day, I can as an older person, I can look back now and say, make this comment. I'll never understand why it's OK to. And let me just get my whole statement out. Why it's OK. Why we accept people that are trying to do the same thing and, 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 and do that grind. Why we accept that they are going at each other. I don't understand it between Remy Ma and. Nicki Minaj, Nas and Jay-Z, all these other cats you mentioned that I did remember just, I mean, when you mentioned their names, I did remember those beefs. I don't understand between Tariq Nasheed and Tommy Sotomayor or any, well, anybody. Hip, I, don't, I, I don't understand. I know that I'm just saying beefs in general. We, why do we like to foment uh, beef with each other as opposed to working together? I, I look at, um, I don't know if he's still relevant or not, but I, I have all his albums, Immortal Technique. This brother was on some intelligent rap. So it was Talib, uh, Nas. And, and they go well. at people. <laughs> Immortal yes, Technique. Is, they go Immortal at people Technique. too, though, right? Yep. Immortal Technique. Uh, Technique is yes. been in a, with, with who? I don't know who these people are, but I've seen them. They battle rappers. Technique? I mean, that's a part I've of never, the culture. I've never seen him beat. That don't anybody. mean it didn't happen. I'm not saying it does. I'm just saying I've never seen it. And I have. Okay. All, I follow the guy. I don't. I'm, I'm not seeing it. That's all I'm saying. Anything could happen, yeah, but... Sure. So, I don't go ahead. I want you to finish your point. Go ahead. Well, I think I did. I, I don't understand why we support uh, beefs between people. You, you said it's good for the culture because it keeps your skills up. Right, and it's not, it's, not about, uh, it's not to say that they're not working together, right? Uh, it's not about 
trying to hurt somebody. That's why when when you got into the Tyreek thing, that's totally something different. That has nothing. That is not about skills, and that's not about the culture of hip hop. I know, but it's all personal, about a beef. That's my point. Right, but this when, when, uh, what I'm trying to say is when we're talking beefs, that does not mean that is not to say that they're not working together. That is not what to say that, that is not to say that it is not choreographed. Well, what does that mean? Uh-huh. That means to say uh, Jay Z and Nas work together, <laughs> right? <laughs> So they had that beef on wax. It's not a beef in the streets, right? It's not a physical thing. It is about skill level. So that's why they can have that. And then Nas can sign with Jay-Z and they get money together. So it's two different things. I don't know if Tommy and Tariq have money making situations together and work together. I I doubt that they do. So I'm saying in terms of rap, it is not about... uh, harming somebody it's about being a better rapper which is what battle rap is i don't know if you've ever seen green mile or i've uh, seen the battle rap things that they have around the country that's what it's about it's about oh you you got me you, your skills were tight good game homie i don't know why we can't have good game homie and people battle but that's what it's about that's why i say it's about the culture it's not about tearing uh people down to the point where uh it's a personal thing like that. Though they do get into personal stuff in the, in the rhymes, you're supposed to leave your feelings out of it, which is probably missed on some people that are not a part of the culture. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you look at Jay-Z and Nas, like they went hard at each other. I mean, when uh, Nas called uh, Jay-Z a Tybo ho, I mean, you know, <laughs> you know Jay-Z was like, oh, man, he got me. He got me. And he came back with TakeOver and said, you a one-hot album every 10 year average he's like damn okay he got you and he, that's, that's they, what they got that baby mom situation in these records if you really look at it but again they was going about skills and at the end of the day some people say jay-z one some say a nas one but what happened at the end of the day they do business together it was cool this is about but, rapping it ain't about shooting or it's not street beef or any of that type of stuff. So in terms of hip hop, when you learn about what rap battles are, you understand that it is not something to go. I, hurt I, like, I like to shade you through. I like that shade you through there. You should. Well, I mean, <laughs> and again, that's <laughs> not it's, it's facts, okay. though. I'm just saying. So when you would question why they have let me finish when you would question why they would have what is that good for? I'm trying to explain that that's why it's good. That's why Eminem can go at somebody and they can battle. But that's all it is. It's just a battle rap. I, I, you, I, I remember when I, of, when I did an interview with, uh, I think I mentioned this to you guys, I did this uh, interview with, um, it was down here in Philly, it was a, a Red Bull uh, Cypher. Yeah. Sponsored by Red Bull. And we interviewed uh, Redman, and he talked about Eminem coming on his album. And um, not saying that they were ever beefing, but one thing he said that I will always remember, he said, Eminem's coming on my joint. I need to have my skills up because I'm not going to let this dude out. Eminem's the man, but he's not going to outshine me on my album. So to me, that's that is a competitive nature that I say. He said, I got to get my skills up. He's not he's not going he's not going to outshine me on my on my joint. I got to look good. That is to me. Why can't it be about? But that's uh, not battle rapping. That's not battle rapping. I understand that. So it's two different things. I guess what I'm saying is I guess what I'm saying is. 
what is the purpose of battle rapping? If you tell me it's to keep your skills up, I'm saying that doesn't make any sense because you can keep your skills up just being a good rapper when you're competing against another rapper. But yeah, I mean, they're not gotta, going and not addressing each other on that song though either, are they? So they're not battling with each other. They just you. He just mentioned I want to make sure my verse is just as tight as his. Those are two different things. They're not in a competitive going at each other situation. And they, but again, a part of hip hop, as you know, then is when this rapper gets on the mic and says his verse, and I'm gonna say my verse against him or vice versa, and let's see who wins. That's what battle rap is. This is two different things okay. than wanting to be on a record. And I don't want my verse to be not as good as the other rapper. That is why they have battle rap events. But what I don't get under, just purely from Q's perspective is this is hip hop. From the genesis of hip hop, it was B-boys going at B-boys, seeing who had the better crew. It was DJs going at DJs who can rock the party better. It was MCs going at MCs, seeing who can uh, who had the better rhymes and flows. This is hip hop. Now, you might not like... I'm not done. You might not like that. the content of what they're saying, but to say that this is degradation or or you don't get this or or why are they doing this? Why are they going at each other? This is hip hop culture. This is how they do these things. This is this is not some as I've seen others say coonery or minstrelsy. This is part of the culture. This is what this is what people chose to do to uh, to go at each other to be in hip hop and rap. And I'm like, I don't I don't get why are you. Uh, why this is lost on you well the bullshit is is that you keep telling me it's about the culture it's about keeping your skills straight it's about uh keeping the rap game up you don't have to go at another fellow black man or puerto rican man or hispanic mexican man or or they they disagree with you the the thing is i I get what you're saying but it's it's not about race i guess that's the, the issue because again eminem is neither of those it's about who's the best and at the end, I know, but why do you have to go right? After well, someone? Uh, again, I, I understand why it, it doesn't have to make sense to you. I, I, I think we sort of outlined that it's a part of hip hop culture. It's noted that you don't understand that, and that's fine. But again, I just want to be clear: it has nothing to do with race. It's about skills. Now you it's may a, you I, may I, question I say, why I they. Say I, I wasn't making it. Well, I, you, you I, said I, black or brown right. and all this. I'm saying it's nothing to do with that. Let me just finish. Sure, go ahead. I brought up the races only to say that rap is not limited to just black people. That's the only reason I brought it up. I didn't want well, to exclude who? anybody. Okay. Nobody <laughs> brought black people up, period. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, the two people we're talking about are black. Are they not? The black females. Well, we were talking so about, you brought up Eminem and stuff, so we weren't, let's talk it about en- race. It encompasses anyone who raps. Sure. I think you can you can compete with each other, keeping your skills up right. just by doing your freestyle. That person does their freestyle. There you go. And it doesn't have it doesn't have to conflict with the other person. I'm not going to lie that there's there's a there's a, a level, a certain level of entertainment in it. But when it's promoted by the record level and you they continue to promote black people going at well, record again, it's not about this. the I understand what you're saying label is promoting this. but it's not about the black people being promoted that's not what it's about now that may be how it is presented to you and I can understand how that would be a problem I would agree with you but again hip hop ain't about race on that level now outside sources can make it about something else which I would agree with but that's not the culture of hip hop. So when you're asking about the culture of hip hop, we're going to answer that question. If you want to talk about record labels and how it's presented to the masses, that is a whole other conversation, which I don't disagree with you with. But in terms of why it's good for hip hop, that's the answer. Why it may be bad for some other thing you're referring to, I could probably agree with. But that ain't hip hop. So 
it can be spanned into some other stuff. But that's the difference between why there's hip hop culture in terms of the competition, like he said, of DJs, graphic artists, break dancing, which was the early type of stuff we saw competitive. I guess we weren't thinking on the racial lines of how other outside sources would see it. We didn't care about it at that point because it wasn't that big. And I can see how that could be an issue. But in terms of just pure hip-hop culture, it's got nothing to do with how black or brown or white or anybody else is being presented and how it may look a culture, a race look bad. It is purely on skills. And if that don't make any sense to you, there ain't <laughs> nothing, saying, there's nothing else I can answer to you. So we can move forward. What I'm saying is if it's purely on skills, you don't need to go after someone else. Got it. So that's noted. Now we can move forward. I think we're kind of going around in circles too much. Um, but, yeah, this is uh, uh, Big Sexy. Let me get you in on a conversation. Now, you, you asked who Remy Ma was, so you might not have much of an opinion on Which the, is the so battle. disrespectful. She's not super main. She's not like main, mainstream popular to a mass audience, I don't think. You know, I looked up her um, you know, criminal issues for Miss Reminis Smith, and the thing is, yeah, they hit her with that witness intimidation charge. That's a that's a biggie. Mm. You know, I, I had a client here who's well, not a client. I have a client whose ex man did some dirt, and the big charge on him is witness tampering, and he's looking at some years. So that's part of why she got that. Hey, that was my concern. You know, so when when I read that she had done, or was been convicted of that. Okay, I see why she got got that you know book thrown at her. But again, I've never heard of her. I don't watch Love and Hip Hop. You know, I don't even know what the beef is with these two, but hey, do what you do. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, so there, shout out to Remy Ma and uh, Nicki Minaj. They, the streets are still waiting for that answer back. Ooh, and uh, then uh, I don't know if you've been on Remy Ma's Instagram. She put up an old picture of uh, I saw that. Nicki Minaj. Oh, man. <laughs> That's not, that was now. That's not right. See, that's part of your skills, right? But no, no, there's, there's it's, posting on Instagram is not a skill. So no, that, that's not right. That's oh, not versus. Okay. That's why I so, said it's about bars. It ain't about Instagram posts and numbers. That's not hip hop. Well, right, and they're wrong. Just as I said before, it's not about posts. It's about <laughs> skills. That ain't no skill. Just that's said. just shade. Ooh, Nick the Arch and Nikki's back. I'm like, God damn, she was spending it. Hilarious. Oh. Yeah, that's clown stuff right there. That was. All right. Any other what other time there were some other topics? Uh, uh the Oscars. Oscars so black. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, uh, go ahead. I just uh, find it funny that, you know, all of the uh, Shea Butter Twitter females, they were just losing their minds and crying and in tears over Moonlight. And I'm, I'm just saying that to just peep the subliminal that Hollywood is sending out. They essentially, because to me, I find Hidden Figures was the best uh, of all the of all the films nominated. Hidden Figures to me was the best film, uh, followed by Fences and well, I, I don't know. I don't like any uh, hell, hell or high water. Was that nominated? I don't know, but yeah. And to me, it's just like everybody was rooting for Moonlight, Moonlight. We need this black film to win. Moonlight, Moonlight, Moonlight. And all the women were just like, yeah, so happy that it won, even though they gave them the uh, the Kanye West treatment. Like, I'm happy for your victory, La La Land, but Moonlight really was the best picture, whatever. 
and I just like people in the subliminals. They just Hollywood just told you that they prefer films with uh, gay top gang thugs that drug deal over educated black women that put people into space. And it just that just was lost on it. I'm just I'm just over here just smirking like yeah yeah really going for that. But whatever. Let, let, let me ask this, let me ask this question. I haven't seen admittedly have not seen Hidden Figures yet. Shame on me. What? Shame on me. But <clears throat> is it? So you're saying it's it does not have to do that. It's a possibility that Moonlight had superior acting and or story, but purely because it's gay black gang clubs. For me, Hidden Figures as far as superior acting and story than Moonlight. <clears throat> I didn't find Moonlight that enjoyable. I I don't see that the hype with that film. Okay. I did like Naomi Har- Naomi Harris's uh, portrayal, which I guess that speaks to me liking the crackhead nurse. But still. okay, <laughs> okay. But yeah, I much prefer. I, I much thought that Hidden Figures was a better was a better film than Moonlight. I have not seen Hidden Figures. I did see Moonlight last. Wow. Week. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What a wow! I saw the best picture. So what do you want from me? Okay. I saw uh, Moonlight. And I would like to see Hidden Figures. I like to see a few of the, of the other films because I thought Moonlight was good, but I don't. I don't see it being Best Picture good. So I like to see what else was in the running. Now, what do you think, uh, Q? Have you seen both of those movies? Though there were <clears throat> other movies that were nominated as well. But so Moonlight, Hidden Figures, and Fences. To me, the best was Fences. Mm. Um, I didn't like what I liked about Fences that the, the story was consistent throughout. The writing, uh, the, the plotting was consistent. Moonlight fell apart for me in the third act. Uh, I thought the ending was very lazy, and that's why I didn't, I wouldn't say, that's why I liked Fences over Hidden Figures, I thought that was good. It was too, um, it was too feel good, though. Uh, they, they, they added, I don't know what the word is, they goosed the story a little bit too much. You know, manip- they manipulated me as an audience member a little bit more than they needed to. I thought Fences, the tone was perfect. Now, do you, what do you think that it was some sort of like they prefer to show this imagery over the other, as, as Ant alludes to? Do you think any, any of that plays into it? Uh, anything's possible. I don't know what they're thinking. Um, I, <clears throat> I do tend to think that um, Hollywood, when they nominate, I think it is some of it, a lot of it's political. Mm. And I think that you had two, and I hate to use this word, I think this word has a negative connotation. I'm going to use it, but I think you had two agendas at work, and so that just sent it over the top. You had the the gay, the LGBT mm-hmm. agenda, you had the African American agenda, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I don't think that's why you should be nominating a film for Best Picture. Okay, so I, I would I would ask this kind of based on what you were saying, and it's like if you think that's true, and I'm not saying it's not. Then that's why I, I sort of question why we even concern ourselves with the Oscars then. If we know or we think it's all these agendas or is they only want to present this sort of representation anyway, wouldn't that be a sign to say, well, this, why, then we shouldn't even be bothered with this. If you think it's tainted to begin with, why, why are we even concerned? Then why would we be surprised? <laughs> I guess I'm trying to understand. And I agree, especially from the last two years where there was this movement of Oscars so white and boycotting the Oscar because there wasn't enough representation. But then when they got, in their mind, enough representation, the same people that led the boycott were up there doing live tweeting. (laughs) And I'm like, 
I'm just like I'm just kind of confused by this. It's like you're you're saying that they're not rewarding us, but when we're nominated, you go run right back to them and promote them on Twitter and get everybody to watch to see supposedly us get our shine from them. I just kind of shake my head like, okay, you're losing me. It's like we we need to be consistent because to me. I don't feel, I mean, to the actors and the producers and the writers that this means to means a lot to them. I can't knock them for wanting it. When you saw Denzel Washington, the face that he made when he lost and the tears that it looked like was coming out of his eyes. I can't tell him, like, man, why are you sweating it? Because clearly it meant something to him, at least to him, that portrayal, that, that the role that he did and the act that he did, it meant something to him that he wanted to win for that role. But overall, I find it it's more important that we get films produced, written, directed, starring black people in theaters that are successful as opposed to that are award winning. How many times I'm, I'm being funny, but how many times have we seen non actors of color? Uh, hashtagging or tweeting about the NAACP awards or Soul Train awards that they didn't get uh, BET awards so black or NAACP awards so so I mean our other outs besides I mean we see these sort of you know movements or hashtag movements of why the blacks aren't being recognized in these the Oscars, you know, oh, they don't want us in. But do we ever see them, other people, non, non-blacks, stressed about the awards their movies aren't getting nominated in? No, and there's a good reason for that. Explain. Because non-blacks don't have to worry about being um, recognized in this society. They, they, they are never invisible in this society, so they don't care. They, could care. they couldn't care less. Whereas you see blacks... I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but you see blacks tweeting about the Oscars because we don't want to be ignored by mainstream society. That's not saying we I, I don't think it necessarily means we crave mainstream society's uh, acceptance or uh, approval. But it means don't ignore us, at least don't disrespect us and ignore us because we we are as creative and as uh, I can't think of the word. We, we are as creative mm-hmm. as any of you all are. But we want to be recognized for that in your situations. Is that what you're saying? We want to be recognized. Don't forget us. <clears throat> I'm saying if if we if if I can if I create something mm-hmm. that is of a medium that gets that is something that is a part of this greater uh, what's the word this greater um, community that let's say the, that being the Oscars in this case, right? Then why shouldn't why would you exclude my what I created based on my race? Because they don't that's, care about that. It's, it's right, that, right. Because that, there's an underlying sort of racist type of thing in there. Obviously, even as, as you said earlier, in the subconscious, maybe right. Right. So what I'm saying is, it's that it's that racism that I want to break down, and my way of breaking that down is to ask for you to acknowledge my creativity just like you would anyone else's creativity that doesn't mean that if you don't i'm going to keep trying to knock on your door i'm going to i'm going to then okay i that didn't work i'm gonna try to start something on my own but i can understand why some people want to have that acknowledgement 
Yeah, I mean, I can understand it too. Uh, but I just think at a certain point, uh, why continue on when you already, if it's implied that there's something funny going on, possibly, it's like, how many times are you going to keep knocking on that door to get a, to, to get a pat on the back and to get acknowledgement? Like at a certain point, I, and I bring up the other side because again, I agree with your answer to my question, but it's like, well, they have their own institutions is, is probably why they don't. They could give two fucks about being nominated for a BET award or or Soul Train or something like that, right? They don't care. Well, so what? I have my own people to back me up. And I'm kind of like, at a certain point, don't we have to just be like, well, hey, man, we can waste our time getting acknowledged by them. We make them money. You know, they're definitely going to pay us. May not be getting paid with the other ones, but that's another thing. But again, can't we create our own show and organizations that would rival what these shows supposedly mean to people? And maybe we can't. I don't know. But at some point, they had to start that. How can we can't start something where they'd be begging us to be on? Be, be, to get well, on? You know, I, I guess I'm on that train, too. Uh, but the thing is that I guess at some point I get tired of hearing year after year after year after year. Why can't we? Why can't we? Why can't we? And then we don't want to look at the things that prevent us from doing it. What's I, preventing I, us from doing it? Is it a well, mindset? Mindset. You've said this many times. We're not unified as a people. Okay. That's the first thing. And I would go ahead and say it goes back to the topic we were talking about before. Beefs. That's one issue. No one wants to address that. Why can't we work together? But, I, you know, I'll get clowned for saying that. Well, what's but the I, beefs are you talking about? I mean, I, I didn't know beefs was an issue, but I'm dying to hear what you're saying. Rap, the rap beefs you were just talking about. But what does that have to do with films? I'm saying it's still a it is this psychological dysfunction that says it is fine and it is acceptable. It's part of our culture that we pit one against the other. And then we want to question why aren't we unified? This is all. No, this all doesn't work on a conscious level. It works well, on no, a subconscious I, I, I want to let me let me inter- interject a little bit. Uh, again, uh, beefs is a competitive thing. It is not. Uh, it, it would be like who's going to win this award for the best movie? I guess you would call that a beef or something. Like that that's a totally different sort of thing. I don't um, understand that conflation at all. Sure. Uh, again, and let me be clear. Beefs, in my understanding, is a is a you have a problem with somebody and you want to fight or something. Rap battles are a competitive sort of thing. Beefs are not competitive. That's a you have an issue with somebody and you want. Well, how, sure. the, the Nicki Minaj and Remy Ma thing is is being referred to everywhere else as a beef. Right, but that's okay. okay. But I'm talking about the rap skills. I'm not. I don't know if they have a personal beef with each other, but in terms of why it's good to the culture. <laughs> That's a totally different thing. Well, you're saying it's a totally different thing. I'm saying it's not. I'm saying it is a cycle. It is pitting black people against black people. I don't care if good comes out of it or bad comes out of it. Well, right. I I, I agree with you. But again, as I was saying earlier, rap battles ain't got nothing to do with race. So if it was a rap battle between Eminem and Jay-Z, that has nothing to do with race. 
Who's talking about race now? I'm, you lost. Well, you just said pitting black people against each other, and I'm not. And that's why I said I agree with you. If there's well, we're talking about black Oscar, so well, we're talking about black people wanting to be recognized by the Academy, right? And then you brought up beefs, and I was asking what you meant, and you brought in rap to it. So I was like, well, those are two different things. That's why we went down. No, I, I, no, the rap, Mike, the rap yes. industry, yes, is different from the film industry. What I'm talking about is the pitting, no matter what industry it is. You could be talking about Wall Street. You'd be talking about uh, Main Street. You'd be talking about rap, films, plays. I'm just saying pitting black people against black people. Right. Bottom line, I think that is a part of the reason why we will never get unified and why I'm tired of hearing black folks talk about why can't we, why can't we, why can't we. All right, I, I don't understand exactly what you're saying, but you're saying it's a, a, a beef. Right, so we don't have to keep repeating it. Uh, we have to move forward. Um, so going back to the, to the topic at hand about why we can't do it, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, at a certain point, if, if what you're saying is true, I still don't see the point of, of begging somebody's door who, who's, who's shutting the door to you, whether or not we're united or not. They ain't going to let you in this door, regardless of you're uniting with each other. I still don't understand. It's just puzzling, like, well, I guess it's a lost cause because they're probably not going to give Denzel that <laughs> award, no matter if your people are united or not, right? But you're still going to keep asking them for it. It's almost like a lost cause either way, I guess. What Denzel has gotten Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor, correct? Yes. Correct. So I, personally, I would argue, I thought he would have probably, he, I, in my opinion, and I haven't seen all the movies, but I would be thinking like, he would probably have won this one. But I understand why he didn't. I, I don't understand why he was looking so salty. I mean, what what do you expect? I mean, you, you've you won two awards. What? Okay, Daniel Day-Lewis won three. And Meryl Streep has been nominated 25 times and keeps getting the nomination. Again, like I said, based on what I saw in his face, maybe this role meant a lot to him. Or he really enjoyed this performance, especially after he won the SAG Award for this role, which they're saying that maybe the reason why he got that award was because Denzel had previously never won a SAG Award, as opposed to it being a turn of the tide that he was the the uh, front runner for the Oscar in Best, Support, in best uh, Lead Actor. And only thing I could think of was he probably cared about it. He probably wanted to win for that role. Because he's been nominated, what, I think, what, five times for Best Lead Actor, and you've never seen him have that face. And the only thing I could think is, he probably wanted it that bad for this role. Well, I, I would say, like, Mike's, uh, well, Mike, he was, we were talking about Wolverine, how Wolverine went out like a bitch. I think <laughs> wow. Denzel, Denzel is my man, but when I saw oh, that, God. I was disappointed. I was very disappointed. Wow. Like, man, <laughs> wow. man straight, <laughs> like, man, straighten up your face. Straight, put your lips. You can just he, call Denzel a bitch now. That's what I'm saying. Like, let me get this straight. He's on the he's on the the biggest platform, <laughs> entertainment platform, the biggest night of the year. And you talk about beefs. He's 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 nominated for a for one of the top honors in the industry, and because he's upset that he lost, that's bitch. Wow. A little bit, yeah. Now I see why we can't come. Now I understand what you. Now it makes sense to me, Q. You. you. <laughs> You gave me an example. I, I, I just think it was in poor taste for him to be looking so uh, pitiful when he didn't it's win. It's in poor taste to look Can pitiful. I finish? Wow. Can I, can I finish? 
I thought it was important. So say. All, everyone else who lost, they lost graciously. He, <laughs> he looks sad. He who has won uh, a Best Acting uh, Award and a Best Supporting Acting Award, I think it was important when, when, when uh, what's his name? Um, Casey Affleck. You know, he has his own issues. When he, he made a point to thank Denzel, I don't know if it was just going to be patronizing, but he made a point to thank Denzel for inspiring him to act. And then for, to cut away to Denzel, he looks that way. I thought it was in poor taste. All right. All right. I'm just saying, I, I'd love to, I would love to know if you're nominated for one of the highest honors in your industry. And it means, in my opinion, it means a lot to you that with the work you did and you lose and you don't keep it together and you show emotion that you're saddened if you would like being called a bitch for it. If I, I put it, I'll be very honest about this. I have lost out on a lot of things in my life. Uh, I can think of one of the biggest things I lost out on. Um, which could which which could have made me very wealthy. I lost out on it. I kept it pushing. Now, if I can do that on my, you know, my fifty, sixty thousand a year, whatever, whatever I'm making in a given year, right? And he can't do that after he look looking at all the houses he has, the cars he has, a beautiful wife, beautiful kids. So it's about money. Can I finish? Or no? To be clear, you weren't if, on national TV when these he, things went down. Though, if, he is an actor. He's a celebrity. He's a star. Right. He, like you like you all always like to say, these guys operate on totally different levels. If he can't, if he's going to get upset because he lost that award. I don't believe he got upset. I believe he was sad. That's even worse. Sad. Wow. Well, sad. you know, I, here, here's the thing, too. I, I don't fault Denzel or any of the actors per se. They're in that community to a degree. Uh, I fault the people that have nothing to do with it. Uh, the consumers <laughs> like you don't one you can't vote. So your voice matters not. Uh, it's a closed organization. So I kind of like, well. Your opinion doesn't necessarily, I mean, your opinion, your opinion only matters to them because you may or may not give them some more money or something if you're swayed by their opinions on something to go see a movie that you probably wouldn't have saw otherwise. I think that's the only reason they care about what you have to say. But I just, I, so I'm sometimes, and I'll say this about the Grammys or something too. I mean, unless now, now big, big sexy he's a part of the grammy organization so i can understand why it would mean something to him his his opinion matters because he's a part of it but for us outsiders in these things you know it's just kind of like well it's a show for ratings but other than that we have nothing to do with it so why would we care i'm not but i'm not mad at that either because there's things about that i like that my opinion doesn't matter either but when we get into the whole sort of racial and and we make up these um these quasi movements, I kind of question like, well, the only way you're going to make a choice of chances, if you get in the industry and you can become a member, you can hashtag and be upset all you want, but probably ain't got no bearing on what they actually do behind closed doors. That's my they opinion. Two, and they showed him in 2016. They had no bearing because 2015, they did the Oscar so white in 2016. They were like, yeah, you're right. Here's all the white actors again. But I guess why wouldn't I mean? Does why does they don't care? <laughs> you ain't even invited to the show. 
you'll watch. <laughs> <laughs> it really don't matter. But I mean, hey, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I lost me, Mike. Sure. What was the point of all? You were saying that people who watch the Oscars shouldn't weigh in. Is that what was your point? Well, my point was to say I just sometimes question why we get into the point of creating these hashtag uh, movements and different things when we're not even. I mean, the only way you can really affect change in that situation is to be a member of the organization you're offended by. Yeah, but by cl- that closed I mean, organization. I- yeah, but our dollars, we're, we're the ones who spend money to go to see the movies. So well, Yeah, but most we're... of the movies that we go see are nominated by them anyway. So that's what I'm, I, I mean, they only care about your opinion because you would probably go see the movies because it is nominated after it no. won. Like, oh, let me go see it now. But the movies that are the top movies of the year aren't nominated for those, aren't, aren't a part You're of You're saying the people, the people that want to see Moonlight, Hidden, fin- Hidden Figures, and Fences... They only went to see them because they were nominated? No, 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 no. I said the movies that the people really go see and spend their money on aren't the movies that are nominated anyway. But Moon, Moonlight, Hidden Figures, and Fences were nominated. Right, but those aren't the no, blockbuster we, movies, is my point. I'm saying the movies that uh, people go normally see, the movies that are part of, that matter in terms Star of Star like, Wars, the movies that Captain matter America. to the industry <laughs> for real. They could care. Those movies aren't nominated. They, they they care for your money. Trust me, that's the whole point of the game. But I'm just saying, these movies that are circle joke movies for the industry, these aren't movies that mainstream America goes to see. That's facts. Look at the top movies. I'm just saying. Okay. I, I don't disagree with that, but I don't know. Okay. All right. It doesn't make sense to you. That's fine. Uh, it doesn't. Any, okay. <laughs> I mean, you, you said that. I hear you. I mean, the point is that people sure. still, whether or not they're mainstream audiences or not, they go to see these movies. That's the bottom no, line. No doubt. I, I, I agree with you. I'm just saying my point is that the movies that really matter to people aren't the movies that are being nominated. So these movies aren't the movies that are uh, you really have no say in. I mean, you have no say in these Moonlight. How much that movies pull in? But we're not, it's not based on money, though. We already established Well, that. my point is that's what, to say that. Is to say that they don't really care in no way because they ain't making this award for you. It's a closed organization. <laughs> so when they don't give it to Denzel or, or if they give it to Moonlight, they're not thinking about how is this going to play to blacks? Or are we just giving it to the gay <clears throat> agenda or the black agenda? They probably give a fuck about what you think about it. Moonlight made $28 million off of a $1.5 million budget. So... That's a pretty good uh, profit. It's a good profit, but it's $30 million that's a drop in the bucket to the game, right? Like, that's nothing. So it's not but a main, it's not a main, it's not a, uh, it's not a blockbuster movie that they're really concerned about how it would play to you. It's a movie, I'm, it's an insider's movie. Yeah, but it makes money. That's what they care about. Right, it's but it ain't, it ain't, it's not getting the award because of money, as you just said. So, so neither is them putting that on TV for you. The only reason they care about it is if you watch the show to get ratings, but they don't care. The awards themselves ain't based on what you think. That's why I said they don't really care about what you have to say about it. That's why they vote the way that they do. If they cared really what people thought about it, then it'd probably be different movies that won. But that ain't the point of the show. The show is voted on by people in organizations that are actually make movies. So it's a closed organization. No, no one's debating that, right? I wasn't debating it but, either. But we, the we, the public, can still 
we can still have a voice in why you only why aren't you recognizing these movies with people of color or why are there more well that point has been lost on them apparently because they ain't changed right i'm not i mean according to what q i mean according to what aunt originally brought up if, if what he said is true okay all right, I, I saw Moonlight win Best Picture. I saw Mah- Marshala Ali win Best Supporting Actor. I saw yeah, I saw um, what's her name, Viola Davis win Best Supporting Actress. Right. You also saw Halle Berry won. You also saw Denzel win for Training Day. Yeah. Not to say blacks don't win. I think he was trying to say the movies that they do win for. There's an agenda behind that. All those types of roles, as opposed to would they win for. Malcolm well, that's X, true. Or, of course, there's or, an agenda. Well, that's all I'm is, saying. Well, that's what I'm talking about. But the fact is, is that uh, Denzel did do a great job in training day. I, would I like to have seen him win for Malcolm X? Yes, but he did do a hell of a job. All, in all of these day actors too. do a hell of a job in these movies. There's no, there's no, no one's debating that. Well, I don't know about Holly, but you know, okay. <laughs> well, he would say she is. I'm sure that's his girl. I thought she did a hell of a job in Monsters Ball. There you go. So no one's debating that they're doing hell of a job. Well, let me ask you guys this. Did anyone here see Manchester by the Sea? Nope. No. At five minutes, and it was like, this shit's boring. <clears throat> Interesting. Didn't see La La Land either. Don't care to. Nope, I didn't see that. Now, I will admit, I saw, we're only talking about the black movies, right? And that's why I was saying earlier, I haven't seen the other ones, so I don't know if they are the best movies. They are just the ones that I've seen, and I saw Fences because this is Denzel, and I knew it was going to be an important movie, and it was good. I saw Moonlight because I had heard about it, and I knew it had something to do with black people, so I said, let me go see that. It appeals to me. I don't see La La Land because it doesn't look like it's something that appealed to me, and look, it really doesn't look like something that doesn't appeal to me. It looks corny, but it could be a great movie. So I can't really comment on all the other movies. And that's why I was asking earlier. I said, do you think Moonlight won because it was a gay type of movie agenda versus did it have superior acting over hidden figures? But that still leaves out all the other movies that were nominated. And that's my other thing. Why are why is black Twitter so pressed over La La Land? I didn't get that. They just the, the, the hate towards it was just ridiculous. Yeah, I haven't heard that. I mean, Sean, uh, that was Sean's. I think that was Sean's uh, top pick I, movie. I, I, I don't know what Twitter's hate was. I know what my hate of that film is. Oh, you saw the movie? What is it? Um, that I don't need to see another film about Hollywood when black people are in Hollywood. <laughs> And the only black representation in that film is uh, John Legend, who's playing Magical Negro, to Ryan Gosling. How do you know he's playing Magical Negro if you haven't seen the movie? Because Sean told me Sean told me about the movie. He saw it, and he he made, he told me, "Well, John Legend is in it, and if you can name one Negro in the film, yeah." So that means he was playing the magical. I'm just being. I haven't seen it. I'm just asking you. <laughs> So by default, if it's only one black in the movie, he has to be playing a magical negro? You can also read the synopsis on Wikipedia. So you read the synopsis and it's clear that he's playing the magical negro in the movie? He's playing playing second fiddle to Ryan. He's Ryan Gosling's inspiration. Oh, okay. I'll take your word for it. I got got halfway through it. It's a decent film. 
I don't see the hype for Best Picture, but it's a decent film. Too much singing for my taste. Mm. Well, there you have it. Well, end of the day, changes nothing. <laughs> there you go. All right. Any other uh, oh, thing? Go, sorry, go oh, ahead. We forgot to talk about uh, Bruh Man. <laughs> Bruh Man that just got out of jail that was uh, front row with the Oscar celebrities. Bruh Man. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, I, I tell you what, let's, let's take a quick, we got to take a quick break. I got to check something. We'll take a quick break. Hold on one second. something about uh, somebody that got out of jail at the Oscars come with it and uh, is Ampu gone? Well, I suppose so it's another reason why we don't have our own awards show or... <laughs> <laughs> All right. not unified <laughs> and not prepared okay well let's move on 
Um, oh, I saw something here. I don't have all of the, the details on this, but I think this is uh, breaking news, nigga, from this morning. Uh, President Trump, yeah. he, he has uh, <laughs> tweeted that he has he's accusing the Obama administration administration of wiretapping uh, Trump Towers during the election? Did anyone see this this morning? I saw, I saw that yeah. bullshit. Damn. What's going on, man? He's a bitch. That's what's going on. Uh, a little louder for the Secret Service uh, people recording this. Yeah, He's you want to come get you. <laughs> I'll say, no, no, no. I'll say it very clearly for uh, I'll quote my man Bill Maher. He's a whiny little bitch. Now, Bill Maher is a very successful and rich white man, and you are a admittedly $50,000 <laughs> white man. So when they come and take your black ass to the joint. Yeah, because the, the moment they show up at Bill Maher's house, you know he going on code. <laughs> you got lawyered up. But anyway, so, you, so I mean, does anyone have any in, more information He's gonna be like, about this? I, I don't like Muslims either. Yeah, hilarious. But, but back to Trump. Uh like, man, I mean, this guy is, he don't, he does not let up. Like, every week, every, is something going on. It's like, it's not a, a, a chill moment. So now he's accusing Obama of, of wiretapping. And this is coming off of the heels of this whole Russian uh, debacle, I guess now, starting to come out that there was people in the Trump uh, administration or organization that was speaking to some a Russian ambassador or something like that, or uh, I don't know if you guys are up on any of that. This morning he Somebody's somebody's like, let me scramble up. Let me get. The hell was that? <laughs> let me get up on. I was I I was looking up the story and some of these websites stayed. The videos just start playing on them. Oh, got it, got it. What was your question, Mike? No, I was saying this all comes off the heels also of the people in the Trump uh, administration organization who may have had some ties or spoke to like the Russian ambassador uh, and things. And so I don't know, is this a deflection? Of of uh, course. To to come off of that. I I was just asking, did anybody have any other information out there heard about this stuff they wanted to expound upon? The only other thing I've seen is that no one has seen him provide any evidence or proof of this claim. Mm. Well, man, it must be true. I mean, the president of the United States said it. <laughs> you just say Trump being Trump. Man, so this now this is beef. <laughs> that may not be uh, to the best interest Obama of American this, citizens, but yeah, Obama on this Nicki Minaj like I ain't responding to that shit. <laughs> no, he did respond, although. His his people respond and say it's a baseless claim. But he didn't respond. His people responded. He doesn't get on Twitter like a fucking idiot like this guy. Damn, man. Hostility, man. Hostility. <laughs> hey, keep it 100. Keep it 100. That's 100. Well, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. I got my name out in the street. This is a, this is a heavy claim to, to, to come at somebody about wiretapping. Um I'm curious to see. I'm what, just saying, uh, Obama need to be on his Marlowe. Like my name is my name. Have my name out in these streets? I'm just saying. I mean, he he's out the game now, right? I mean, he why? He's like, why 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 bring my name up into this? I ain't got nothing to do with you, the president. Because Trump was 
Trump was raised as a little bitch. He he's not raised he's not raised to have any responsibility, take any accountability. He was given all of his money. Uh, I'm not gonna say all of his money, but he was given all all of the money he started his business with by his daddy. So and he he's never supposed to do. I understand, but but what I'm saying is, I if if I got when I first when I make my first billion, <laughs> I'm not gonna just give it to my son. I'm gonna make him work for it. He's not gonna just. I'm not going to just hand it over to him. But that's what they right. that's what you're supposed to do. You keep you saying build all that. You build all that for your family. You're supposed to take care of your family. You're supposed to leave a legacy for your family. Who's arguing that? But there's a there's a way to do it. You can still teach your son response your son or daughter responsibility by the same token. Out it's clear Trump was not raised the way you're supposed to raise a child to learn how to take responsibility and be accountable for your actions. You can't say that. I can say it because I can see how he's acting. So you were there when he's being raised? I don't know why you always go down this 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 line of questioning, but I can, see, just, the man, I can see the man for what he is, and you can see the values within the man, and those values came from somewhere. True enough. True enough. I don't know what you're talking about. Those are the values that won him the presidency, too, though. That what good point. What does that tell you about America? Well, I already know about it. But. That a lot, a lot of Americans <laughs> were raised bitches. Wow, mm, interesting. You know, a lot of those same Americans voted for Obama, right? And your point is, so you're saying America's bitch made? I didn't. I didn't say all. I said a lot. Yeah, <laughs> well, a lot of America's bitch made. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. Nor am I agreeing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Play the so middle. <laughs> you saying that? I don't, I don't, then you say quiet. I don't disagree with you. <laughs> and you want some shit? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, man, just matter of fact, they have the 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 uh, Ed Rendell, former governor of Pennsylvania. He said uh, America is full of. Bitch, I forget me. the exact words, but. Has become oh. a bunch of pussies. Interesting. Wow. And he's a governor saying that, huh? Well, he's ex-governor. I don't know if he said it when he was governor or not, but I agree with him. Wow. Well, this is not new, Q. You know, a, a lot of people have felt, and we've talked about this. You know, when you have a lot of people, you know, when they're who are stewarding young people have this whole premise of nobody wins and you know, uh, let's right. not keep score and all that horse shit. Yeah, you form it a country of punks. Mm. So and, we need, you know, and our president is now the highest punk in the land. Yeah, well, what's that? I get the opinion, though, that I would He's think winning. Trump is, is about winning, though. He ain't about, like, the mediocre, Same. you know, victory. He's about, nah, I won. Now he may cheat, I don't know. <laughs> but he you definitely is not you one of these like bitch in the White House. Yeah, he's not. He's definitely of the old school uh, way of thinking. I mean, his unreleased it was that grabbing by the people like ra- racist. Yeah, I agree. Well, yeah, I mean, but he's yeah, something. He's definitely not on some. He's not that the new age bitch boy type of guy because he goes well. Be, and I say that because he was so aggressive uh, during his campaign and really went at people directly, which is not really the way you're supposed to conduct yourself. He's the definition of a bitch boy. (laughs) Well, no, I'm saying in terms of him, I'm talking about what what Mark was kind of bringing up, that sort of everyone is a winner type of mentality. 
I don't get that from Trump. You know, he's a very abrasive type of guy. It would seem. No, he's the kind of guy that he has to be the winner. Oh, I, I would say that's, that. That's, yeah. e- that's even worse. If he's not the winner, he's he's going to blame other people. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. I never fuck up. It's your fault. So he never he takes that, an L. He did that with um, the guy who he did that with his own generals. He said they lost Ryan right. talking about the Navy SEAL who was killed in Yemen. So he's kind of like those guys who never take L's. Say what? <laughs> I didn't <laughs> fuck him. <laughs> Son about you were suggesting that I never take an L. Is that correct? <laughs> hey, you read it. How you, what did you say? Morgan Freeman said. <clears throat> no, well, you, since you didn't want to lace repeat that, what you said, la- lace it since up. You didn't want to repeat what you said. No, you I know. said, is he the kind of guy who would never take an L? That's all I. That's what I, that's that what I exactly, exactly said. That is exactly who Trump is. Yes. Okay, that's all I asked you. Exactly. Well, there you go. I, I really, I really. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I really. Mm, nah, I'm not going to say that on your show. <laughs> I won't say that. We're all looking at like, huh? What's, what's going on? <laughs> all right. Well, oh, sir. You know, uh, Hello. I'm here. I'm here. I'm debating oh, if I should even go, hint at what I want to say, but do it's not you, it's sir. Not. Do you, you you always do the type of I, I wouldn't say that again. Uh, be yourself. You're among family here. Speak your mind. <laughs> well, I was going to say that I, I wish. Whoa! Wow! But I'm not going to say that. Well, you just said that. No, no, this I said is, I was. This is why I leave the show. <laughs> you get the show shut down. Shit, I don't need the wow. problems. Yeah, I don't either. Well, I would say to that, you know. I wish it was a manifesto. <laughs> you have to be very careful. And you, and you really have to watch. I would say you have to be careful when you say things like that. But That's these are. Won't say it. Well, I know. Well, even when you say I wouldn't, right? But it's essentially the same thing, and you know that. But what I was going to say is that you can't right. say. Oh, I'll say what let, you let, say, Mike. let me go ahead and finish, though. Um, <laughs> but you have to be able one to check your uh, feelings to where you would get to the point where you would say something where you know it would be inflammatory, it could have negative effects. The comments, the cool down. You'd have to have that cool down second. And say, ah, let me catch myself. Because that serves no purpose, and it would probably, it would be a bad thing. So that's when we got to figure out, like, we got to slow it down a little bit. And even though we might be hot and bothered or whatever, certain things that, eh. So you sort of catch yourself because you kind of like, ah, I don't want to say that. And, but I'm going to kind of throw it out there a little bit. But then you have to be able to say, hey, well, okay, well, I won't say it. Matter of fact, I won't even bring it up. Because it don't really... It sounds crazy, <laughs> right? So I, I, I don't know. That was a wild statement, Q. Let's keep it one hundred. It's a wild statement, but that's you. Somebody, right, so somebody walking off. What you say? <laughs> oh, you had to go. There you go. See, so you had a cool down moment. <laughs> <clears throat> He's walking away. Lessons learned. Lessons learned. Uh, any other comments on Trump? Inflammatory, not inflammatory <laughs> comments to the ruler of this nation. The ruler of this nation? Is that what you just said? Yeah, I didn't start it. He's not the ruler of this nation. 
We know that. I'm speaking in jest and fun. If if that was missed upon you. I'm good. I, know I, will, I do want to take some of uh, the black community to task Uh-oh. for going at those HBCU officials. Oh, I thought yeah. That, I thought they were definitely out of line to be clowning them for that. Explain that whole situation for those who may not know. So um, there was, an, um, I believe Obama set aside uh, about $5 billion for HBCUs. And uh, Trump, with his machinations, he decided to, he's going to make it an executive order. And we and we get it. We, he definitely did it for a photo op to show that he's all inclusive and whatnot. But he was supposed to sign an executive order giving three hundred million to the HBCUs, and a number of officials from these HBCUs went to the White House because they were expecting him to sign this executive order to give him three hundred million. And people clowned him for taking this photo. And then, of course, after the fact, it was revealed he didn't sign it yet, and it's coming soon. So, yes, they did get played. But for me, I just... (laughs) But for me, I just feel like before you find out that he didn't sign the executive order, why why is the black community going at these HBCUs for going to the president's office just for what they were told was supposed to be the signing of his executive order to give them $300 million, which are much-needed funds, especially when the majority of the same ones that are clowning these officials probably haven't donated to the United Negro College Fund or to an HBCU or fundraise for any of them ever, if at or at least one time. So I just thought that was really out of line. Surprise, surprise. I have an answer. Go ahead. First off, you don't know if they've donated or not, the people who are clowning. Second of all, uh, we black people have had the opportunity, just like white people, to see how Trump behaved over the last two years from 2015. And if you thought this dude was going to keep his fucking promises and you went in there and you sat there and smiled while Kellyanne Conway had her ass up on the couch with her feet on the couch. If you went in there and smiled for a photo and then you were told to, OK, you can leave now. You deserve to get clowned. You seem a little hostile. I got a right to be hostile. My people are being persecuted. That's a public enemy reference. Uh, <laughs> Well, uh, hey, I mean, uh, like like Chris Rock said, niggas love to not know. Hmm? What do you mean? They, we, we, they love to not. You should have known that Trump wasn't on. Trump was about about the bullshit. When you went there, and say, oh, come. Can you come in here and take a picture with uh, President Trump? Okay, again, huh? <laughs> the itinerary given to these people were. We're signing this executive order to release as part of Obama's $5 billion, uh fund that he set up for the HBCU. We're going to make an executive order and give this $300 million to the HBCUs. I am not going to begrudge any of the officials that showed up for that expecting their money. Now, if you want to say, well, they should have known, fuck that. When they have... When, they, when they're trying to get funding for these schools and it's not coming... As quickly as it is, and there's here's the money that's already been set aside that's not you know, supposed I, to be released for them. I'm not going to begrudge them for going to the office of the president for this signing to get these funds. You know what? Uh, there's this thing called the United States Postal System where you can say, you know what? My schedule is so busy right now. Can you just put that in the mail for me? Thanks. <laughs> to the president? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. OK. Got it. Got yeah. It. Get it. Get it. Yep. Take that, take that. Well, you know, 
I don't know what to say about it. The picture is interesting after all of the other sort of photo op moments we've seen with Trump and some black people. Uh, The fact now that you have some of these presidents coming forward saying, yeah, I got played and stuff. Uh, I'm kind of like with Q a little bit. I'm like, you know how this guy gets down. Uh, And as I said before, you know, the Trump organization, they're not stupid. Like there is a lot of game and and fugaziness going on and they really know how to get. I mean, listen, man, they are masters at this at this at this fuckery. Like them pictures, (laughs) they're not just it's not just some random stuff. This stuff is 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 orchestrated. They know what they're doing and you can either play into that or not, man. But now I don't you know. I don't know if what it would be like to be the president of a college like that, that maybe you kind of have to go or something. You know, are, are we not going to get our money? If Is it going to be seen as disrespectful as all the rest of them going? I, I, I don't know what that whole thing is either. You know what I'm saying? The one thing I do know, too, though, let's keep it's it 100. Is Cletus from Morehouse going? And hey. I guess I got it. Well, hey! <laughs> wow, so the, so the president of the Morehouse's name is Cletus. I gotta be, I don't know why I gotta be all that, but listen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, wow, okay. The thing, <laughs> but, but why? But why hold can't on, black hold people hold not on. beef and work hold together? Up. But to go back to the money thing is, let's keep it real too, though. This isn't Harvard or one of these schools where they got bank and they don't need no public. They don't need all that private government money or whatever you want to call it they could they could give a f the people who went there to bankroll these schools 10 times over that doesn't happen mm-hmm. with these black schools let's keep it 100 so regardless of if one or two people did give there's no sort of they don't have the sort of financial ability to turn their back on that money that the white house is giving them because as you as we've all talked about earlier in this show we're not united where we can bankroll our own education universities where they could be private and continue on so at some level i can imagine why they probably gonna have to you have to deal with that at some level like if they don't go there to get that money they definitely not gonna get it from the black folks on a larger scale so i don't know man and and to that point to further say you know what fuck all them that's that was shitting on these brothers and sisters there instead of clowning them can somebody start a GoFundMe? And said, let's raise our own money so we don't have to. So we don't have we don't have um, the presidents of our HBCUs, which we say we value going up into the White House and being treated like that in order to fund the schools to educate young black men and women. How about that? Instead of instead of laughing at them. (laughs) Well, that plays into the whole, you know, beef thing that we talked about earlier. Well, why are we not going to be able to come together? We rather, we rather if, I, if I'm the president, right. if, I'm, if I'm the president of a of a university, I don't know. I'm not sure it's a good look to be going on Indiegogo <laughs> or uh, Kickstarter to raise money for my. No, I, no, I said instead of the people <laughs> that chose to laugh at them and deride them and clown them for getting played. How about how about those people starting an Indiegogo or a GoFundMe to raise funds to go to these HBCUs? How much do you think they're going to raise now? 
Wow. Okay. How much you okay. So, so it's not going to raise that much. So let's not do it. No, ask my question. How much do you think they're going to raise we on don't, GoFundMe? We don't know. We don't know. But my point being is, instead of we don't know, that's the same attitude they have when they when they put their black asses in the White House and took that picture. Okay. So again, instead of sending all of this hate and clowning of them, how about do something productive to make sure that they're not in that position again, where we uh, we as a community are funding the HBCUs instead of clowning the, these officials going to the White House looking for a handout from promised funds. It goes back to what you said earlier. We're not united. So, I mean, we can all unite. No one seems to understand that. <laughs> no one seems to get that. We can all unite to do hashtags Oscar so white and to rally behind all this stuff where we have no voice. But now when we have a situation, organizations that we could probably actually make a change to we're not going to do that <laughs> that's facts <laughs> it's going to take and I, I'm, I'm joking but it's going to take white daddy to sign that check to make it happen because we ain't going to do that we are, we're concerned about other things and obviously these institutions ain't going to survive if they was just to go on if they was to go on code because <laughs> we ain't on code so yeah because them, them new Georgians will come out any day boy Sure. I got to get in line. Well, yeah, I mean, hey, we're trying to listen. I, I, I'm not mad at them per se because I don't understand it. I don't know enough about it. I know I ain't gave them no money, so I really can't say shit. You know. Bingo. Well, not like not like that to you, Mike. I'm just saying. No, no, I ain't mad. That's the facts. I ain't giving <laughs> no money. <laughs> so I can't clown them if they're going to go over there and get the check. Right, hey, huh? <laughs> I, I work for somebody, so I'll be the last person to see and tell you. Uh, I, well, I'm doing it. <laughs> so hey, it is what it is. Who's going? Who's going to save the babies? <laughs> but all right. Um, lastly, before we get out of here, uh, I want to give some shine. Q Storm, and, and let it be clear for the listeners, you know we we, we and see this and this is this is what I was saying. Q, we can go at each other. Pause on the show. We have healthy debate, but I have no beef with you. It's a part of the show. We're still uplifting each other. To, to, so to double down on that point, I wanted to ask you about the new episode of Q World Order. Oh. I wasn't sure where you were going with that. I was getting ready, boy. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Why you got to call me boy? No, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> so tell us what this new one's about. Man, I'm trying to remember. Wow. Uh, That's why we ain't can't get nowhere as people. We're not prepared. I put out, I'm, I'm putting out a lot of videos, man. Um, the last one you just put up, nigga. I, um, <laughs> this, it, it centers around uh, Trump, of course. And it's what's funny is you can't put videos out fast enough with this dude. The, the day, uh, the day I posted that, uh, that's when Jeff Sessions recused himself mm. from the uh, Russian investigation. I'm like, damn. Uh, what I recall is it. Uh, one of the bigger points was um, we. I talked about uh, Van Jones, mm. who, you know, let's get you going at another black man. I understand that we are we aren't a monolithic people, but what I don't understand is. What 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 magical pixie dust, Negro pixie dust does Trump have 
where he does something that anybody with a with opposable thumbs and a functioning brain stem can do. And Negroes just fall in line. Oh, he was presidential. He was presidential. That he became the president of the United States when he read off that fucking teleprompter. So I had to go in. I I appreciate, I admire, I respect, and I agree with, usually all the time, I agree with Van Jones. He's putting in the work. I just don't understand how he can make that statement. Just because President, uh, just because 45 said, uh, he he acknowledged um, the death of the Navy SEAL, which he should have done uh, months ago, or when it first happened, and Van Jones is very well, very well aware that hours before he said that in the, in chambers, that he was on uh, Fox News talking about uh, I've got the best generals in the world, but they came to me and they wanted to go to they wanted to do this raid, they wanted to do it. He's the fucking president, but they wanted to do it, and they lost Ryan. Now get the fuck out of here with it. You're the president. You say if anything, you're supposed to say we lost Ryan. And it was a shame. And I take responsibility. And I'm saddened by that. He, all he said was, they lost Ryan. Now, <clears throat> I'm not a flag-waving, patriotic, rah-rah kind of dude. But I respect our soldiers. I respect our military. And you don't treat the military like that. These motherfuckers put their life on the line. Man, these motherfuckers. For you to say, you, for you to say that. And then, to, then you, you say do something even more stupid. By going, uh, putting on a flight jacket, a military jacket, when you had like, what, four or five deferments for fucking bone spurs because your coward ass didn't want to go to Vietnam? Man, fuck out of here. say that was smart. Man. Out of here. All right. I'm ready to go to war. Let's go. So, I, I, so that, I didn't say all that. But the, now, that, now, that I'm, now that I'm venting, uh, the, the other part of it was I was talking about the fake news media, which I agree with Trump on that. They what? Actually, hey, they wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Let me say, say those words again. Hold on. Oh, say, oh when Van Joe's do it, that's what know, I was going to say. He got a problem, but wait. <laughs> you agree with it. Nah, man. Come on. I'm right. Y'all finished? No, I, let me point out. I don't it's, think you it, want it, it's it's a joke. does sound. It's a joke. It's a joke. Oh, okay. It's I was gonna say that's why I wanted. To, that's why I wanted to stop because I was like, "Whoa, you you sounded real wild." So you say he's joking. Okay, go ahead. The news, the media was being fake when they were talking about Trump is now presidential. He pivoted. He did this, and I said on the show, "What the fuck is wrong with you all? How many times has Trump done this, and y'all y'all fall for it every single time?" And then within a week, you're going to be, and it's, I was true, I was right, you're going to be, you're going to turn around again and going to be like all over Trump, as you should be. You're going to be holding his feet to the fire, as you should be. So when this motherfucker counts to 10, <laughs> don't get impressed. Don't fall for all it. Right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to hear more shit. of that, definitely go check out Q's World Order. Uh, what's the name of your uh, YouTube page, sir? If you go to real R E E L real com, you'll see all of my playlists. And Q World Order is one of them, as is Q's reviews, as is Geek Shop, Drive By Shooting, and All the Way oh, Live. Drive By Okay. Definitely all fiery. The all the, definitely a fiery uh, conversation right there. And that's a rare time you hear Q cussing. And, Rare. Uh, going in. Well, I mean, on the show. <laughs> on, on this show. He's 
definitely he called the soldiers really? called the show the soldiers are he called our army men motherfuckers i be clear i think he meant that as a term of endearment um but just want to be be sure i would like to say yes, that sir. uh one of the reasons i respect the military so much is my best friend i grew up with this guy i've known him since he was 11 years old he is one of five or six black and he's not in the he's not in the navy anymore he graduated mm-hmm. went to annapolis on a full scholarship uh uh, maybe you know, I'm, I'm not. Maybe you don't have to pay to go to. You probably don't have to pay to go to Annapolis. But he went to Annapolis mm-hmm. at the top, graduated top of his class, <clears throat> became the uh, captain, first commander of the USS Miami, one of our uh, nuclear. Oh, I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> one of uh, our fleet submarines, and he worked directly with um, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Michael Mullen, uh, who is retired now. I respect this man immensely. And before I before he joined, I was like, military, oh, y'all just go to war and kill people. Isn't that I was wrong. Uh, and I don't care what my what your politics are, what my politics are. If you served, I commend you. I salute you. You're doing more than my lazy ass ever did. And you deserve the utmost respect. All right. We'll let you clean that up. Thank you. We'll move forward. Stephanie, check out Q. All right. Uh, actually, we have to wrap things up. Uh, past my time. So with that said. I didn't get a chance to uh, defend Bill Maher. Yeah, he didn't. And yeah, we'll have to catch that on the next one. We just I'm out of time. Um, so before we get out of here, Aunt Pooh, where can we find you? I'll be in Temecula in about two hours. Uh-oh. Uh, chilling. Doing some wine tasting. Uh, watching Princess Bride, and uh, you can see me on Instagram and Twitter at uh, at Pooh. All right, big sexy and sex. Where can they find you? <laughs> uh, the same place as always: Twitter, big sexy and sack, Facebook, Mark Wiggins. All right, I know we just said it, but Q Storm, where can they find you online, sir? You can find me on realqstorm dot com. R e e l realqstorm dot com. You can also find me on. The Red Shirts, that is, you can find that on Facebook, The Red Shirts, a, a Star Trek podcast. And you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on uh, Twitter, Red Shirts 1701. Uh, <clears throat> I posted up a show March the 1st. Today's the 4th. We already have close to 750 downloads. Um, so check that out. Also, uh, I was invited this Monday to appear on a a local program by uh, my friend, the guy was just coincidentally the guy was just mentioning uh, Stephanie Gaines Bryant, his wife. She is a radio broadcaster at Howard University. She has her own TV show. She invited me on to uh, do a movie review. We're going to be talking about hidden figures, fences, and moonlight. So when that gets uh, posted up on YouTube, I will share that link as well. All right, now you have to watch Hidden Figures. I guess you need to go watch that, right? Or did you just I see? Saw it? It. Oh, okay. I saw- I said, I saw, I'm trying to call you up. All right. Well, that's what that's what's up. Yeah. Let us know uh, when that happens. So check that out. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, you can definitely find us here at podcastjuice.net. This is where it all goes down. Of course, you're on uh, uh, iTunes and uh, Stitcher and all the other ones. You already know. Just look at podcast juice with that. Got to get up out of here. My name is Michael Dean. I thank you for listening. Work it like a job. We'll see you next time. Peace.